Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the Predator films. All of them. Oh. <laughs> Katie Watson. Hello. <laughs> Alex <laughs> on the chart. Hello. <laughs> ah, shit. Alex and I are actually elves who live in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're new to us, hello, welcome, uh, please don't be scared, head on over to weirdgeeks.com and go on iTunes, type in Weird Geeks, and you'll find us, we've done loads of retrospectives, we've done loads of weekly shows, you can listen to them all, but you really can support us by subscribing and rating, we do all this for free, no patrons, no banner ads, no talking to you about toothbrushes or hair loss kits, nothing. It's all just here for you free, so please enjoy responsibly. We are going to be talking... About Predator 2, 6.3 out of 10 of the IMDb came out in 1990. Dang, it's still holding a 6.3? 6.3. Now, that's not terrible. No, no, it's actually for a horror film, that's great. I mean, yeah. I say horror film. <laughs> you know what I mean? For a genre film sure. that's been out that long, 6.3 is a very respectable score on IMDb, even though this is predominantly a pretty hated film. But before we get into that stuff... We like to yeah. look at the uh, landscape. Before we get into our feelings. <laughs> Before we get into emotions. <laughs> we like to look at the landscape of what cinema was doing in 1990, starting with just the box office. Alexander Chard, I believe you have the top 10 movies. And if there's anything in the top 20 that we've covered before, feel free to highlight it. But the top 10. Well, I'll give you a couple here that are even outside the top 20, which we've covered. Child's Play 2 came in at 25. No, yeah, that's uh, that your favorite. Year. <laughs> I did like that one. You do like that one. You guys didn't so much, but I did. I'm not a big fan. But you can go and listen to our podcast to find out. <laughs> yeah, you can go on the podcast. Also, another horror film that uh, beat Child's Play 2 is The Exorcist 3. And our current people- film, which we're uh, doing today, Predator 2, came in at 21. Hmm. Some other honorable mentions. Edward Scissorhands at 18. Rocky 5 at 17. And The Don't Godfather Part 3 at 16. Oh, mm. and this god-awful movie, which I still remember going to the cinema and seeing with my family, Dick Tracy at 12. <laughs> oh, Dick Tracy. You didn't oh. like Dick Tracy? No. Why? I, remember, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I just remember not liking it then. Too many, too many prosthetic chins. I'll have to, <laughs> I'd have to watch it again and see if I... Oh, I doubt it has aged well. I don't think it's, kind of like, <laughs> it's going to get like any better. N- it's like the non-CGI Sin City, basically, Dick Tracy. <laughs> I think it was resting it. on the laurels that it was appealed to it, at least children. So mm. <laughs> now that you have passed that, you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. So um, our top 10, and the, these movies are just a real throwback to my childhood. At number 10 is Kindergarten Cop. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good Arnie. one. Taking Arnie. a... Uh, uh, a well advised after Predator. I mean, we're going to get into it, but that's one of the reasons he's not here in Predator 2, Kindergarten Cop. 
Yep. At number nine, I loved this film when it came out, and I'm sure I'd still love it now. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. We will get to the turtles at some point, unfortunately, because oh. <laughs> that means we need to do the Michael Bay ones. But uh, I, this I'm first sorry. one's like, it's actually go back to it. It's pretty, like, it's very silly in many ways, but it's also quite unsettling. <laughs> There's some weird <laughs> dark moments in that movie. I haven't watched it in a while, but I love it. Love it. At eight, Presumed Innocent. Don't know what that is. Is that Harrison Ford? Sounds Sounds like like a Harrison Ford movie. (laughs) That kind of title, isn't it? Probably not at all. Um, I just watched the whole sequence of Harrison Ford jumping on people and every single film he's in, he tackles someone. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. There's another Harrison um, sort of mashup clip like that you can watch where it's Harrison Ford pointing Oh, it's nice. all of it. It's like he's always just pointing at it yeah. at people when he I talks really, to them. He I'm does really a perfect that- like dad point whenever he does it. Oh yeah, it's because he's like looking down. His head sort of bows a little bit. It's like he's yeah. looking over glasses that he's not wearing. He's very um, tall in real life. Like I know he- that he's tall, but he's like he's a very big presence in mm. real life. Oh, I'm glad hung. that we sort of organically started talking about mashup sequences on YouTube because the movie we're talking about today really makes me want to dedicate some time to make a very particular mashup <laughs> sequence. <laughs> but we'll get to it. Is so it- at seven is Die Hard Two. Die Harder. Renny Harlan. <laughs> at number it really six. Was called Die Hard, wasn't it? Oh. And wrapping up the trilogy, Back to the Future Part Three. Oh yeah. Love it. What a soundtrack. Yeah. I was just yeah. listening to some podcasts on these and it reminded me how much I don't like two and three. <laughs> Number one's the only one to watch, basically. You really don't like them that strongly? Well, okay, so it was one of those things when I was a kid. And it was really weird. When I was a kid, I was very pretentious and really just into serious films. But for some reason, when you had a franchise, it was always the second one I liked best. And the second one's always the stupid ones, you know? Like Secret mm-hmm. of the Ooze, I preferred Ninja Turtles 1, Back to the Future Part 2, Karate Kid Part 2. But then you go back to them as adults and you're like, they're all terrible. <laughs> like, all the sequels mm. are so bad. And Back to Future Part 2 in particular. Like, 3 is fun, but I'm not really into comedy westerns or westerns really much anyway. But 2 is really atrocious. Like, it's so violently over the top. It's so just trying to be a Looney Tunes film. Right. I really hate it. Well, now we know how you feel. <laughs> but I agree with you. 1 is definitely the best. 1, <laughs> one is great. It's a very, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Anyway, number five, and possibly one of my favorite Arnie films, Total Recall. Mm. Same year as Kindergarten Cop. That's a double knockout. This was Arnie. This was peak Arnie. He could do a silly comedy or a crazy sci-fi. He could do whatever the fuck he wanted. Anything you want. He could make a movie with three boobs in it. Whatever he likes. To do. Exactly. Um, and number number four. Governor of our state. I yeah. think uh, this man was in our last list in our first Predator podcast. I forgot which film it was. Oh, I think it was Untouchables. Uh, Dances with Wolves came, comes oh, in number four. Oh, so good. Kevin Costner. At three. could be done. Pretty Woman. Yeah. Mm. Richard Gere beating out Kevin Costner that year. Well played, oh. sir. Yep. Richard Peak. Gere in his heyday, man. No one Peak can touch him. Gear. Peak gear. Oh At number God. two, cultural phenomenon, Home Alone. Oh, so good. <laughs> cultural <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, Open the gateway make... to a lot of possibilities for a lot of kids. <laughs> I wish they made... I mean, I'm not a big Home Alone fan, but I fucking wish they made Christmas movies like this still, you know? Yep. Like event Christmas movie. I think they try, but they I just, know, instead of the not, bullshit that we get where it's like, I'll be home for Christmas and yeah. the what was that Christmas fucking, puppy and all those other bullshit. was that terrible bullshit? Vince Vaughn one as well that came out like a few years ago? 
Oh, yeah, that was fucking terrible. Don't know. Sounds awful. Was that called Four Christmases or something? Some bullshit. Yeah, terrible. I didn't mind uh, Krampus. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Krampus was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I that- mean, just like, it's not really a family. It's actually quite horror-centric. I mean, it's not even yeah. just family horror. There's some pretty nasty bits in that film. Yeah. It's, it's true. But I mean, like, you know, just a good old family, home alone, quality Christmas movie. Yeah. And at number one, get your clay pots out. It's Ghost. <laughs> yes. You just Whoopee. took me back to- you just took me back to top of the pops. Would it always do it all like pun like that before announcing the That's fantastic. Get your clay pots out. Interesting. So, in terms of horror, nothing? Nothing in, in the, the top, top 10, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not even really in the top 20. From Well, actually, no, Child's Play 2, you said, snuck in there. And Exorcist 3. Actually, no. They, they were outside. That they, they were 24 were they and 25, yeah. Then apparently 1990 hates horror katie horror did come out though in that year i they think did. we've i mean oh, we've covered man. this before and one maybe? very surprising one that did not make the top 10 okay let's so. get into it what notable horror films came out in 1990 so we have bride of reanimator okay i'm not a reanimator fan but. to echo alex there's child's play 2 and the exorcist 3 all right mm-hmm mm-hmm I've not, I don't know that I've seen this one, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. I don't know that you I ever saw Gremlins this. Too? I don't think I ever saw the sequel. I mean, that's another one of those ones where I preferred the sequel as a kid and you go back to it and it's not garbage, but it's cartoon I don't, I don't know that anything could ever centric. be better than Gremlins for me. No, it can't. No, absolutely it's not better. But as a kid, it's just like the second one again is so cartoony. They literally, just, they get different superpowers from injecting themselves with different like biological... I'm just uh, in the camp that if I really, really love an original, I'm never going to see the remake and I'm probably n- not going to watch the sequels because you're not going to do anything better than we what should do, we should do a, a series that's just like the first sequels from the 80s <laughs> to find out which <laughs> one's the worst. <laughs> that would not be fun. <laughs> House 5. Oh, I always forget they went to 5. Why didn't they start to 4? Did really got a five? Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. Yeah, there you go. There's some Christmas movies still coming. I love these uh, titles. Jacob's Ladder. Oh, that's a great one. The uh, basis of, well, one of the main bases of Silent Hill and many great movies. One that we've covered or that you guys have covered, you and Allie, uh, Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. As Justin would say, vroom, vroomity, vroom, vroom. Remedy room room. <laughs> I think number three is the one with Vigo Mortensen. Go check out oh, our podcast. Yeah, I love Vigo. Vigo Mortensen. I just saw a billboard recently that looked terrible. And then I was like, oh, is that Vigo Mortensen? I'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> was it for Hildaldo? <laughs> no, it was for something like the blue book or the red book or something. Mm. Oh, it's exactly. literally it, uh, just him in a in a like a Cadillac car. Oh, yeah. Green Room. I think it's with um, Mahershala. No, it's Ali. something book. Green book. Green book. Green Let's book. combine book. those two thoughts together. Yeah, because Green Room is a very different yeah, film. Yeah, Green Room's <laughs> a horror. Green yeah. book. Yeah. yeah. Misery. Is that Ooh. the like the misery? Yeah, Stephen King's. Damn. Cassie Bates. Cassie Bates. Wow. It's so good. I want to go back and rewatch Norman that Bates. one. Night of the Living Dead remake. There you go. Tom Savini. Yeah, we're actually going to get to that. I'm trying to figure out when we scheduled it. I think the beginning at the moment it's beginning next year. But me, Christina, and Haruka covered all the Living Dead films, and we're going to, we're going to do the cinematic Living Dead remakes next year. You're crazy. 
<laughs> I know, right? I mean, if you've seen some of them, we are crazy. <laughs> uh, we have Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss. Mm-hmm. Some people I was heard defending this recently. It's a bad movie. I've never... I didn't even know this movie existed, but I'm going to disagree with it right away in that it's called Psycho 4, The Beginning. Yeah. No. The original Bates Motel, essentially. Uh, no. It's been a long time since I saw Psycho 3. I have no idea what it's about anymore. I have seen it, but I was like a teenager. I don't remember. Too many. There's quite a lot of Psychos. Yeah, well. Maybe just four. <laughs> Arguably too many. <laughs> But I mean, it's a long time after the fact for the fourth one to be coming out in the 90s. Yeah. And then to call it the beginning is not the beginning. Prequel time. Slumber Party Massacre 3. Yeah. Also terrible. But yeah. the first one's pretty great. I like the first one. And then the one that I was surprised by and then we got to watch a, a reading of this script, a very amateur <laughs> oh, one yeah, at did. Fantastic Fest is Tremors. Tremors. <laughs> there was a great. lot of drinking. <laughs> Yeah, that was oh, you got to watch a, a live reading of Tremors. That's fun. They had directors, producers, podcast, like big Some podcast actors. people, yeah. critics, and stuff. They had like thirty people on stage, drunk, doing a drinking game, uh, pl- had- reading the entire original script of Tremors. So it's even different from the film. It's got yeah. some different scenes in it, and it was a fucking hot mess. It was amazing. It was cr- <laughs> well, because they had keywords that they had to drink every time, and then they had rules that you had to drink every time you missed your line, or you paused, or you got something wrong, and then every time someone said the word ground, they all mm-hmm. had to drink, and then the big like the well-known people were like i'm not drinking beer bring me a scotch on the rocks so they were like fucked up within (laughs) probably 15 minutes (laughs) they had to skip a lot of pages by the end because they could only booked in for like two hours or something yeah it was taking forever (laughs) that's funny we're gonna get to tremors as well at some point in the future i know christine is excited to do tremors because it's like her dad's favorite film or something so we'll get there thank you very much katie so we're in a weird landscape, as we well know. We've covered it before. It's a weird time for horror. I mean, it's before the slasher boom is going to pick up in the mid-90s, but we're out of the slasher boom at the end of the late 80s, and we're in this weird place where there are some sequels coming out, but for new properties, it's proving difficult. So, hey, but sequels, they're big, so why not do a Predator 2? So yes, then, Predator 2, 1990, directed new director Stephen Hopkins. He went on to do Lost in Space with Joey Tribbiani. Uh, he went on to do The Ghost and the Darkness. Do you remember that film with, was it Michael Douglas hunting oh, a lion or something? Oh, The Lion. <laughs> yeah. I Ghost watched in the this darkness? movie so many times. Val Kilmer's in this movie. Is he really? Yes. I watched this so many times growing up and it was funny because I was home recently and my brother-in-law Alex has a literal floor-to-ceiling closet filled with VHSs and DVDs. And that was the one I immediately saw when I walked into his like <laughs> movie closet. I was like, Ghost in the Darkness! And his kids never get to watch scary movies. So I didn't want to like freak them out completely because I remember being terrified of that film when I was younger. But <laughs> That I, is the poster. Look at that. I immediately wanted Look to go back that. and watch it because I was like, oh my God, I remember this movie. So it's literally just about two That's men what- that go to hunt a lion. Yeah, but they try and make it spooky. It's really, but it's not spooky. Right. I mean, it but is in like, real life. But it's, it's like a lion, I think, that's killing. Become this sort of legend, isn't it? There, yeah, in the play, yeah, yeah. And then like, there's this whole thing where they're saying it can't be killed or it's not real. You can't. It's a lion. I know, and I think <laughs> one of them is like a famous hunter, and so they like bring him in to take out this Pe- lion. People should look up the poster for it because I'm hoping that that's what the poster is going to look like for Red Dead Two Online. 
when it launches this month. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was responsible for that. He also, I think he was one of the creators of 24, one of them. He was definitely heavily involved. And just before Predator 2, he made a little film that me and Alex had covered before called A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. <laughs> now, here's the big shocker for me with Predator 2, written by the same two guys, Jim and John Tonimus, who wrote Predator 1. Also, music by the same guy, Alan Silvestri. A new DP, though, in Peter Levy. He had done... Yeah, Lost in Space, uh, he did Broken Arrow, he did some 24, he worked with this director quite a bit. Also Ricochet. Do you remember Ricochet? Oh my god. <laughs> Cutthroat Island, he did as well. And also Lost in Space. Starring Danny Glover as Lieutenant Mike Harrigan, Gary Busey as Peter Keyes, Bill Paxton as Jerry Lambert, Maria Conchita Alonso as Leona Cantrell, Ruben Blades as Danny Archuleta, Robert Davy as Captain Phil Heinemann, <laughs> Kevin McCord as Captain Bill Pilgrim, Steve Kahan as Sergeant, because <laughs> we need <laughs> more tiers of men in charge of things, Adam Baldwin as Garber, and Kevin Peter Hall returning as the Predator. Sadly, this is the film that afterwards he would, he would die shortly afterwards, as we spoke about on the last podcast. And we have lost Optimus Prime as a voice for the Predator. We have Hal Rail, who has just done so many cartoons from the 80s and 90s. It's insane. So many. Great voice actor. Budgeted at $35 million. So quite a heady... Yeah, quite a... I mean, that's without inflation as well. So it's a lot of money. And considering the last one cost $18 million, I think it was. This one grossed $57 million worldwide. The last one grossed about sixty. So a similar wow. gross, but no one. So a similar amount of people heading out to cinema to see this, uh, but not as big a return just because of that fucking huge budget. So how did this happen? So the first one was a pretty good, pretty how good. How did this success. happen? How did this happen, guys? How did we get here? <laughs> um, how many years are we later? Is this three, three four years. years? Three years. Yep. Despite the success of the first one, they were interested in a sequel, but it wasn't greenlit straight away. Now, Dark Horse Comics are very integral in how this movie got made. In 1989, I think it was 89, Dark Horse were buying up a lot. They were working with Fox a lot. They were working on Aliens comics and they were working on Predator comics. And the first ones they did were a series that were later collected into a graphic novel uh, in 1990 called Concrete Jungle. This was a four-issue arc. They didn't have uh, Arnie's character Dutch in there, but instead they brought in his brother, uh, so this was written by Mark Verheiden, who uh, I think he was also one of the creators of Battlestar Galactica. He wrote My Name is Bruce with uh, that great Bruce Campbell weird movie. Illustrated by Chris Warner and Ron Randall. So yeah, Dutch's brother, Detective Schaefer of the NYPD. And the whole, well, the first issue at least took place in New York City in the middle of a huge gang war that was happening. Uh, it introduced the idea that predators have been visiting the Earth for centuries, but then in the latter issues, it would go into the jungles. Now, it should be said here that Dutch's brother was very much a Arnie-type character. He was a ridiculously huge Duke Nukem-looking kind of guy. And then the story of Schaefer would continue in future uh, Predator comics, Predator Cold War from much the same team, which was released in 1991. So the studio decided, you know what, these comic books come out, let's take a look at these and see how well they do to see if we should greenlight a sequel. And they were doing pretty well. It was in a good good time for horror comics. Dark Horse were doing some interesting things. Now, so then they, yeah, they greenlit Predator 2. It came out in 1990. 
So yeah, so they took a whole bunch of ideas from the Concrete Jungle comics and then spun them. Even though they had a big budget, the comics were obviously much, much bigger in scope. So they had to spin them into a sort of slightly more budget-friendly sequel. But some scenes, including the subway attack that we're going to get to later, was directly from the comic. They did also take the gangs from the comic. <laughs> I can't... I'll be honest, I have read this. I'm, I'm going I'm to reread it and then talk about it when we get to the wrap-up. I don't remember them being Jamaican voodoo gangs. But... <laughs> <laughs> It is possible. I should say the gangs of this film were actually were based apparently on on real gangs from the eighties uh, that were terrorizing New York City and Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. I read that the Kansas City <laughs> bit, which I thought was really yeah. strange. Yeah, no, Kansas real City had some of the most, ori- or most original, most had original, had some of gangs. the original <laughs> gangs in the United States. I think also most original of the fucking Jamaican most video game. Yeah. It should be said for anyone who doesn't isn't familiar with Los Angeles, not much voodooism happening. No. Uh, not even not many Jamaicans happening, to be honest. It's no. the wrong coast for that stuff. Uh, it's very weird. Yep. But it does make more sense when you know the comic book was set in New York and for sure they're they're pre- I mean, they say LA quite proudly, but they're definitely trying to pretend this is New York with the geography and Absolutely. the scope of this movie. Well, I think they were trying to do to represent like the riot period of L.A. Like they were trying, I think, to capture that it's possible because of the riots that happened here. But this is not how I envisioned the riots having gone down. Well, it's also weird because there was a lot of gang warfare in L.A. in the 80s. So just take gang. Why do Jamaican booty gangs? And there's not really any explanation for it other than I guess you can kind of make people think some of the predators tribal things are to do with the jamaican voodoo i mean i don't know it's really stupid but we'll get to it <clears throat> another so thing i was s- reading was that jamaicans don't practice voodoo it's it's, no, a, ha- it's a haitian thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was very confused i was like i think this is borderline racist that they're just it's assuming just like, that no borderline <laughs> it's just yeah. ridiculous but they have dreadlocks, and we gave the predator dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. But voodoo's more interesting than if we just made them Rastafarians, which was what <laughs> they actually are. Hmm. They like to throw bones, and the predator collects bones. This is perfect. Yeah, perfect. yeah it's pretty terrible. The script took three weeks to write, which I know a lot of people have been kind of a wow. It's not very long, but I mean, I'll just I'll just list reading a thing about David Lynch, who wrote one of his scripts in six days. I mean, it's just you know. Which explains a lot about some of David Lynch's films. Yeah. To do another horror throwback, didn't Don Mancini write Child's Play in 10 days or like yeah, two well, weeks you, or something? What you're forgetting is he is a legend. <laughs> <laughs> he is a man of pure power. Don Mancini, we love you. Oh, no. So they had, what I was, thinking of, I was thinking of Kevin Williamson. Oh, yeah. Oh, when yeah. he wrote Scream. He wrote was Scream. Like in two weeks. Yeah. Well, Don Mancini is still a legend. So they had a script and they needed a director. John McTiernan, the director of the first one, he had made Die Hard in between these two movies. So now his salary was up to $2 million just to direct, which they couldn't really stretch to. Although you think they could, could have $38 fucking million in this budget. Uh, but they wouldn't give it to him. So he turned it down and went to work on a little film called The Hunt for Red October. Do you remember that with Sean Connery? Definitely. I think, that is, uh, I think that was in the list. It was the a big box movie. list. <laughs> it was a big movie that, yeah. It was good. I also got to watch that one. So Stephen Hopkins had impressed the studio already by directing A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Not really, but it was good. <laughs> you can listen to me and I and Alex's feelings on that by going back. I think um, I recommended it. No, no one recommended 5, I don't think. Are you sure? That's that weird one where, because you got the one everyone, no, 3 was one everyone loves, then 4 was the 
No, it was five. Fuck, I forget five. Again, let's go back and do that again. (laughs) (laughs) But he had done the Dream Child. He had shot it in four weeks and then edited it in four weeks. So basically, it was that old thing that studios, you know, do care about, which is this director could do it on time and on budget. And that's why they wanted him to come in. Arnie then saw the script and the director and said no. (laughs) He didn't like the idea of taking a franchise into the city. But originally, he was written in to play an expanded version of Gary Boos's role in this. Uh, He was going to be hunting the Predator in this one, rather than the Predator hunting him. So they had to rewrite it a bit when he said no uh, for Gary (laughs) Boos. Yeah, I read that. Oh, man. The the backstory of Dutch that they had written into that was Keyes learned that Dutch was in a hospital, uh, ill from radiation sickness, which confirms it was an atom bomb um, and he hears the account uh-huh. of what happened and heads into the jungle with an uh, O-W-L-F team I don't know what that stands for outer world outer world life form like really? <laughs> yeah Alf Alf because the wow. show Alf rolls was alien life form but they obviously couldn't <laughs> reuse that word oh that's, that's amazing ridiculous that outer ridiculous. world life form Alf Oh my god. And then Dutch was good. <laughs> he, he was going to escape from hospital. So they needed some stars. Patrick Swayze was approached, but he had just injured himself in Roadhouse. Can you imagine this one with Patrick Swayze? <laughs> Insane. I could. I could. Uh, it would make it a lot better. Uh, Stephen Hopkins wanted John Lithgow to replace Arnie in the role of Peter Keyes. Uh, who's John Lithgow? I don't know John that Lithgow, name. John uh, Lithgow, you'd recognize him. Oh, Third Jesus, yeah, he's the, the dad from Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. He was going to replace Arnie? What? Very That's weird, insane. very weird choice. That I mean, Gary Boosie is a weird, weird choice as well. Oh, that's weird. But no, Joel Silver, the producer, insisted Gary Boosie was the way to go. <laughs> uh, which people will know from Lethal Weapon. I've actually three of these people worked on Lethal Weapon together. But Point Break, Under Siege. I mean, he's a face everyone's seen from Sharknado Four. <laughs> <laughs> he's been around. I just seen here is that he did a uh, movie called Bikini Model Academy, just oh a couple of years ago. Bikini Model. St- <laughs> <laughs> I can see Academy. <laughs> the studio also wanted Steven Seagal as the lead. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but Stephen Hopkins was refusing. So Seagull went on to make a movie called Mark for Death that year instead, which was also Jamaican themed. Wow. <laughs> it's very so strange. weird. I don't, now, what I could not find, I don't know if you could find anything about this, but I could not find an explanation of how they arrived at Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> I could only find who they, who they didn't want or who they did want but didn't get. I can imagine Danny Glover, He's this is like right off the back of Lethal Weapon, so That's he's true. probably got a ton of momentum behind him, pretty bankable at that point. You can imagine once they've gone down the list, they're like, oh, let's let's get him. I mean, this I is, yeah, obviously, huge working actor. I've enjoyed him in, in Wes Anderson's Royal Tenenbaums. I've enjoyed him in The Old Man and the Gun, which just came out. But I historically do not like Danny Glover. I know he's been in some Oscar-nominated. Did he win an Oscar? Just Oscar-nominated movies back in the day. I don't like him. I really hate him in like Saw. Like he's just he's a lot of the time he's just a very very weak element on screen for me, and he just seems to overact immensely in in these sort of high tension environments. Very surprised. I remember the first time. So just to clarify. I've seen this movie maybe only once before. I've seen bits of it, 
but I saw it years ago when I was doing the thing I've talked about many times. I'm just buying up franchises as a teenager and watching them all at home on VHS. And I watched Predator. I was like, fuck, that's amazing. Putting Predator 2 immediately afterwards. And all I really remember is feeling severely disappointed uh, and liking one scene that I could remember of the Predator walking for a puddle. That's about yeah, <laughs> that's, about that's, all a, that's a great scene. But that's about it. Had you guys seen this before? No. I've, I've seen it many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It was one of those ones that, I mean, I'd seen Predator and loved it. And then I remember it was maybe like on cable and it was one of those movies that just seemed to be on cable all the time. And so having seen Predator, I was like, oh, great. And I watched it, this, and then just watched it sort of, we'll just have it on in the background every time it seemed to pop up. So I had like, I have pretty strong memories of it. Have you seen this more than Predator 1, you think? Mm, no, I don't think so. Maybe pretty close. All right, well, let's get into it. Classic 20th century fair. Uh, 20th century fair? Fox fanfare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Always again gets me in the mood for a big old movie. Love Jungle it. noises in the dark. We pan up for trees. Winding road. It's fucking LA. Also clever. Making you think you're back in the jungles. But no, Los Angeles, 1997. Should be said seven years in the future. <laughs> yeah. So, so silly. <laughs> Why <Pointless>. seven? <laughs> I think they just wanted like just enough time to think, how long would it take for LA to get to this point in the comic book? Uh, I say seven years. <laughs> it's on its way out, clearly. <laughs> Let's give it seven years. And also, because they don't really have the budget to futurize much in this. So it's just kind of like, well, everything can look the same. But we could do whatever we want. <laughs> I think it's basically where they got to. I feel like the only way they futurized things was they put little <laughs> scopes on all the handguns. <laughs> Every Those gun things in the look like freaking toys. I wrote, <laughs> I was like watching it. I was like, do they have batteries in these guns? Like these look like pew pew. They look so stupid. They're so, so, so dumb. So I, I will say that the title. So yeah, from that pan up, we go into the... Uh, heat vision mode as right. it pans across downtown LA and then we get an awful awful Predator 2 title oh it's terrible yeah it's really just bad. like jump up onto screen it's it's the worst I'll tell <laughs> you what, what's the- even worse is if you go onto YouTube or you look in the extras they have a whole feature on how they made this title with all these different tests because they wanted to get it just right <laughs> <laughs> too much oh, it's too much you guys it looks so bad <laughs> Yeah, 109 degrees is what we're establishing very quickly. There's a heat wave going across LA. 109 is, is you know. It's, a, it's I mean, pretty high Pretty toasty. That's like. Yeah, got I mean, that in the downtown. In the valley, it does. We have a weird roaming predator site, like Alex was saying, looking through the city, which I don't really get because it looks like he's sort of flying. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, there was a point where I was like, is this meant to be a news reporter helicopter or is it the predator? But then why is he moving so fast? Because yeah. it's not his ship, ship landing because we don't show that. The first one we got that nice like ship. Like, we don't have that here unless this is meant to be the ship landing. And we're going to get to that later because how yeah. the fuck the ship gets where it is. Thank I you. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But then we get an explosion and we're into, I mean, credit to the film, budget. <laughs> Big fucking budget opening. There is a Fire huge fight. like, there's a lot out on the streets in this movie. There's a fuck ton of extras like oh, everywhere. Yeah. And this is a huge firefight, which you can really feel... I mean, I'm going to say... I'm going to mention two movies a lot during this film, which are Aliens and Robocop. But also, like you're saying, films like Lethal Weapon, you can really feel 
those movies all here of like yeah huge gunfights out on the streets the police what we're going to learn is there are two types of gangs there's the colombians and the jamaicans against the police and then we're going to throw in other gangs randomly throughout the film as well just you know because it's not confusing enough anyway and there's just the big warfare going on between them all which is never really explored but that's your setup police in this crazy battle against two in, stuck in between two gangs essentially and i must admit i lose are we with the colombians here at the beginning i think so yes yes because yeah. Yeah, we're with the colombians yeah they they highlight this by every now and again cutting to one of them doing like just dipping their face into bags of coke yeah. <laughs> or just shoving it up their nose like yeah and just like, oh! <laughs> or like every now and then one of them will say something in spanish and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> but they, they say like really basic stuff like ombre or <laughs> so, like vamanos and i'm like okay mm, beautiful we have a lot of news reports all through this movie and again, I don't know how much of Robocop fans you guys are, but Robocop had come out, I think, three years before this. Aliens was four years before this. We're going to get Aliens more later, but we're 100% in Robocop territory here. Like, this is all Robocop, mm-hmm. like, near futurism, cops in a gang warfare, uh, even when Danny Glover is kind of introduced his very Robocop. And this news stuff that goes on throughout this whole film is bewilderingly Robocop. Only what they're missing is Paul Verhoeven's satirical take on that, where he's using media to, you know, poke at what's going on socially uh, at the time period when he made it this film does a couple of things like that later which we'll get to but it's by and large this is not i don't think this is satirical or a comedy at any point this is trying to play it as a straight action horror thriller right yeah I, it's yeah it's trying like that's i didn't even make the connection with robocop which is really cool now that you brought it up and i think about it but yeah for me it was it was trying, I don't think it was, yeah, I don't think it was trying to be satirical or comedic, but because it was taking itself so seriously and there was just so much sort of gross overacting from a lot of these different reporters, it was just very cartoony for me. Yeah. There's a couple right, of moments later, which maybe they're playing for laughs, but it's very, it's a very strange tone, uh, this movie. So, yeah, I love this, like, they're interviewing a civilian on the street who's all upset because the gang shot up his microwave. <laughs> That's right. Like, what? <laughs> um, shot and all my ex- stuff. They shot my microwave. Microwave, <laughs> man. And then they try and shoot him. He goes, oh, man. <laughs> I just, like, for this, I was so confused in this opening scene that I just completely forgot what movie I was watching. I had no idea. Mm, yeah. Feels like a different movie. But it should be said, I mean, again, trying to give, you know, to the film's credit, the beginning of Predator 1 is confusing. Like, the beginning of Predator 1 is very cheesy. Lots of, like, you know, muscular men, like, challenging each other. They head into the jungle. You think you're in an action film. We know it's a predator film. But at the time, you know, they're playing it off as one thing. And this film's kind of doing the same thing, just more accelerated. And with Danny Glover. Uh, I just feel like they keep getting... Their story keeps getting in the way of their monster sort of thing. Like, in each of these, like you just said, their buildup is... Or, like, their story structure has so much front end stuff that you have to get through in order to understand why you're where you are that it like it takes half their movie to get to explain why the predator is there well i like that in the first film because you get like it's like the descent you get into one movie and then it switches because you get like jungle and you get all this other cool stuff Well, it's also beautifully shot yeah (laughs) like there's some there's some bad dialogue and everything in that first one yeah but a problem here 
is 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 very difficult with a sequel because yeah we know it's a predator but you have to introduce people who don't presumably know there's a predator out there to him Mm -hmm. so for them you need that build and i'm gonna say like on paper there's a lot about this film that i could imagine looking at as a director and going yeah that'll work i could make that work like the the sort of where you're joining them in the city the way it builds you know the movements as things increase i don't think it's actually that bad an idea from the screenwriters i agree and even in a scene like this where we're starting it looks pretty cool like you know it's big it's practical there are huge explosions everywhere it doesn't look that far off the dping you know dping the cinematography isn't quite as good (laughs) (laughs) the cinematography isn't quite as good as uh the first one at all but it's fine you know uh, it looks fine. And then you got Danny Glover careening in like a fucking champion. <laughs> I just love how he just drives, drives his man. car through everything. He doesn't like his car is the conclusion that I come to later. No, he, he really, really is like just waiting for the Bureau to buy him a new car. Because he's like, what if I just wreck the shit out of this one? Um, one thing I feel that needs to be highlighted about Danny Glover is uh, his baggy trousers that he wears. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're insane. Throughout the whole film. And it's like, even in this first scene, I'm like, what Uh, material are those as well? They're just like... Oh, my God. And there's so many scenes where he bends over and you can see, like, the outline of tidy whities in these things. Exactly. What are you doing? Like, huge underwear lines. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, there was a bit where I think, maybe in this first scene, where he runs off back to get the guns from his car. And it's just like, yeah, you totally see his undies. It's so weird. I Ugh. mean, it should it should be said he's pushing fifty in this film. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to envision an old Danny well, Glover that's the, naked because that's, that's all. That's I'm the gonna... thing. <laughs> that's the thing that immediately strikes me about this, and I was going to mention it when we wrap wrap up. But Danny Glover has come off the back of Lethal Weapon. Where in that he's playing a man who's who's about to retire, and his most famous line in that film is "I'm getting too old for this shit." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard to have him come into this and not, well, for me anyway, not, not attach. <laughs> yeah, and like not attach him to that. But, yeah. <laughs> but, well, he's a side uh, character, like in Lethal Weapon. I mean, you know, it's a duo, but he's not the hero. No. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Mel Gibson. So it's very yeah. weird in this. Like, this is the Mel Gibson role. And it's yeah, very exactly. weird. Yeah. It's yeah. very weird. And I've I've just like immediately any goodwill that they have with me from this explosive opener, which I admit, because I going in knowing, oh, I remember hating this. I know most people hate this. I was like, oh, this is this is actually pretty like big and feels pretty and then they start talking. Oh my god. <laughs> and like immediately the dialogue and acting and like, ooh. Well, even that, yeah. but then you see like his two sidekick personas, and everyone has to be like a a thing. Like they have to be a memorable character and i'm like why why do we have to have these people that obviously don't look like cops like none of his friends look like they should be in the middle of a firefight like you would not be dressed like that if you're oh, going no, no. out he's there like, he's like the cool rebel gang no like, but then he's, even he's his... the like what are the the two other people i can't remember that's what i mean yeah yeah now. you got mario Contita. yeah and then you got ruben uh, yeah, they're yeah. like the sort Blades. of they're the bad boys of the of the police yeah. force. So they don't and, and they wear really is there's scenes in this movie, and these people are both you know the great act, they're, well they're, they're actors who have been in things, <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. you'll know their faces if you've watched movies from the eighties and nineties. But there are there are actual literal scenes in this movie where it's playing to those genre tropes from this era of like 
Like you, you know, you're a cop and you're a risk taker and you're breaking all the rules and you can't. You, you know, don't you wear gotta, like, body come. armor. <laughs> yeah. So can I just say another bit here? So the Danny Glover arrives with he's like smashing, smashes, <laughs> drives, <laughs> drives through everyone, basically, uh, and then that's his gets plan. Like, though his plan is, I've got to drive through all of the shooting while yeah. hanging out the door of my car, hanging out the door. which he's can knocked just, off. <laughs> can I just say that when he before he does that, he goes back to his car, opens the trunk. There's a duffel bag in there. He opens the duffel bag. Now let's now he's just driven through cars to park where he is. <laughs> opens the duffel bag, but all the guns are perfectly lined up in the duffel bag. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. And they're not strapped to that's anything true. so he can pick his weapons. And then yeah, he does the crazy hang out the side of the door whilst shooting the uh, Colombians. Well, and crazy they're all just shooting at him and there's no protection. Uh, he's just like, why would you even hang out the side of your door, you idiot? <laughs> such an idiot. But we do have Alan Silvestri's jungle music is back in here, which doesn't make any sense because we're not in a jungle, but hey, it's a predator. And I'm happy that we've got that music. Uh, it makes me, makes it feel like a predator film straight away. And again, this stuff is stupid, but it does look kind of cool. Like it's shot fairly well as he drives into them. And then we see the predator watching him. We're going to get a lot of predator heat vision as he's watching all the stuff that's going on. And presumably, I mean, the predator's motives in this film are very vague. It's obviously hunting and then chooses weird prey and then kind of decides that Danny Glover is the king of this jungle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very weird. He's like, he wears it's, the it's, biggest underwear of them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He must be the king. I will win those undies and hang them like a flag. <laughs> I will wear it like a hat. It'll fit all of my dreadlocks in it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting this with the whole predator you know, because I think this this film very much attempts to sort of expand the law, the predator law, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it? it gets a bit wishy-washy <laughs> and kind of contradicts itself because it's just like, yeah, what? Anyway, I'll get to that later. But Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it briefly at the end, but it should be said they saw this. They wanted to make like three or four more of these movies. They had right. a whole bunch of stuff they wanted to reveal about the predators and they were going to reveal different things in different ones and, and yeah. This one was particularly about the tech and stuff, but they, they do compromise. Well, not compromise, but it, yeah, like I said, they contradict a few things that we mm. learned previously. The Predator jumps down into where some of the gang are hiding out. He's going to be in invisible mode for most of this movie, which is kind of weird for us because we know what he looks like. So they don't get yeah. that big reveal again. But then there's an explosion up there. So then Danny leads his rogue group up. See, I'm kind of, again, I'm liking this idea of like the cops in this big gang warfare and then the predators like you know intervening and then they're just seeing the outskirts of it but they don't really know what's going on so i've uh, i've put that down as kill one but as multiple kills multiple kills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot if you're doing there's a lot of kill multiple count, kills ooh, yeah lots of kills now this is immediately where what i was talking about earlier i want to make an action cut what do you call it smash cut? what do you call these things on youtube smash up smash up where people like cut lots of different smash cut is that it oh wait yeah, I, know what you mean. Seen. I want to do one of them for this movie, just of Danny Glover coming in through doors with his gun out. Every time he draws <laughs> a gun in this film, it is maybe the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Every time. Every, to the point where that became my, my source of real enjoyment with this movie. It was just like, oh, he's going to open another door. It's going to be amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just comes through and he looks like... He looks like a pedestrian who someone just like 
pushed through a door and shoved a gun in his hand. <laughs> and he has no idea what's going on. And you can feel him like going, oh, fuck, he's forgotten like his script of dialogue, whatever he's meant to say as he comes through. So there's just panic on his face. And he's just pointing around. But what's brilliant is they all do it like that. So clearly they were directed that way. His entire team looked like the most dysfunctional cops I've ever seen on screen. Yeah, because they're not. Uh, they don't just have cause... any body armor on. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's not dysfunction. It's because they're the bad boys of the precinct. They're the bad boys. <laughs> they just keep popping out. He's like elevators, and all the hands just go, Phew! just go up. <laughs> 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 they're just pointing around in random places with no unison. It's, oh, it's hilarious. But again, I like you know they find people cowering. We know that they've seen the predator already. I like I like the the immediate like oh, okay yeah we're doing that build but we're gonna do it quicker. Because uh, this feels like, right, we've jumped to Dutch at that encampment where they have that big mm-hmm. firefight. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. what it feels we've jumped into. Danny r- rushes up onto the rooftop chasing a guy with his stupid gun. And then he corners this gang member on the Who roof. Who should have been played by Danny Trejo the whole time. I was like, <laughs> I want this to be Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah, at a point where I was, when it started, I was like, my mind was like, is he in this? Is Danny Trejo in I this? Know. But he wasn't. Too early. Too early. I, Too I early. wish. Um, he was probably still in prison, wasn't he, at this point? It's, it's probably. Maybe, yeah. I'm not wrong with that, right? He was in prison. <laughs> yeah. I think he was, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, because okay. I didn't remember that until you said <laughs> that it. That was like, oh, just yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but so this gang member's more worried about the invisible predator who we get to have a good look at. Effects haven't changed much in the last three years. Like, it looks pretty similar, invisible. Sometimes it works, sometimes it really I don't doesn't. Think, I don't think it looks nearly as good. I don't know if it was just because of the jungle backdrop made it more cool in the first one, but this one, it's it just looks like a Power Ranger, like in yeah, I know you blurry. Mean. It was like we were talking about last time too, um, with the way that the last one was shot. They really gave a sense of the depth of the jungle, yeah. which really played in the moments of when you see Predator and when you don't, that you have that same kind of experience as the characters, where you're kind of looking into the depth of the jungle. Yeah. Wondering if something's there. Whereas you kind of lose that, I guess, in an urban Because in the jungle, landscape. when they're looking for him, you can tell you, you're all, you're still searching for it too. And mm-hmm. you, in your head, you're like, how can they not see that? But there's also the combating argument that you're, you can understand how they couldn't have seen it. Yeah. Whereas here, it's literally the only thing that you can see. And it's really funny in this bit too, because... Danny Glover, the guy shoots the guy, the guy falls off the building and then Danny Glover turns and he sees the predator looking down at him and we get his POV. Yeah. And then the predator squats down and then he disappears. Did you notice that? I thought that was kind of weird because then the next shot is the predator almost in the exact same position watching everyone else come onto the roof. Exactly. Yeah. Which I was wondering if he has a better cloaking device that we don't, we're not <laughs> yeah. aware of, and he can disappear completely, <laughs> because Danny Glover acts like he he can't see him anymore, and I'm like, it's exactly the same thing in the same yeah. location. Well, so and it's also weird because confused. this so this gang member like yeah falls off the roof, and yeah Danny's like clearly I think he's meant to be scared of heights. Yeah, but yeah. They don't do much with that. So the the they do movie. later. Well, they do later, but like it's also just like later on. It's not about being scared of heights; it's just about being sensible. <laughs> I know they're they're saying his his fear of heights. I'm like everyone would be afraid of that. Yeah, fall. if you're on a ledge no fighting a creature to... from a different planet, you yeah. might be a little bit frightened. 
Yeah. Whereas at this point, it's like, okay, I guess he's scared of heights, but they don't really do anything with it. And then, he, and but they played it off as I think that's why because he he talks to himself a lot in this fucking movie, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it, this is the beginning of it. Really, was like, oh, guess I've just seen things like <laughs> didn't really just see an invisible alien standing on top of the <laughs> yeah. house in front of me. But I will say with the with the cloaking, I think you're both right in terms of environment plays into it a lot. But also, it's a difference between having a great DP and a great director. Whereas yeah. here, I feel yeah. we just have a functioning DP and a functioning director. You know, yeah. Yeah. they don't really know what to do with this. But yeah. Anyway, a pretty cool shot of the guy falling. Like, yeah. Was, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Quite intense. It was, I, it was I like. Very I like pretty. how he falls onto a. a a lunch table. Yes. <laughs> As the was- cops were like running up to help, I was like, if I was Danny Glover, I'd be like, wait, 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 you guys, I want to take a picture. This is actually a really cool frame. <laughs> well, they've been they've been fighting these gang members on that street for about a week. They brought in catering, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they find the other gang gang members throughout the building with their chest blown out. Pretty cool effects here. I, th- I think it's Stan Winston's back again here as well, doing yeah, doing a whole bunch of the effects. It all looks good. Um, yeah, they got more great. money to play with. They had more time to make all of this stuff for this film. And then one of his team finds a body hanging from the ceiling. And um, he touch, touches his beads. Do you notice that bit? <laughs> he does yeah. touch his beads. For a very yeah. long show, time. Because it's just, you know, they say like, oh, well, he's a he's clearly of South American descent. So he's going to be in tune with the jungle. We better make him touch his beads and linger on that shot for a little bit. Well, I realized that the reason that they do that later is because when he finds those beads in the graveyard, mm-hmm. then he you know that those were that guy's because otherwise yeah. you would never remember that that guy was wearing a necklace the whole time. And that really is pretty much the only reason. I, I, I thought, and they come back to them a lot, but I thought I um, almost as much as the dice in a recent Star Wars movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I thought that they were playing him up to be like the Turok character from Predator yep. 1. Right. I thought, oh, he's going to be yeah, really useful too. at tracking, you know, in inter- no, Nope. He's fire. Because yeah, I thought he was going to, yeah, that, that even if he wasn't useful as tracking, he'd he'd understand the mythology of this, right. this creature that comes to hunt. And then I love how he tells Danny Glover, he's like, how did you how did that guy get up there he's like you couldn't take him up there and hang it and i was like no it's the sheer side of a building and it's probably 20 feet up there no one could get that body up there even you couldn't get him up there and i was like no (laughs) no human could i will say that um the predator did conveniently cover the uh hanging man's genitals it was very nice did you notice that there's like a little drape won't happen later (laughs) a cock suck (laughs) <laughs> and we see the predator running off who's still like being cheeky and hanging things while people in the same room as him cheeky predator cheeky too mm. cocky that's the problem so now we meet well i've written down as a head of police but we get a lot of head of polices <laughs> yeah this gets to be confusing one I of the, the chiefs did anyone else appreciate the police minivans by the way <laughs> yeah they were cool they those were future, are so cool future police <laughs> I, vans. I want that. one is this Robert Davi? Is that this, this one? This is Robert Davi. So Robert Davi, I don't remember if you guys remember this story, but Bethany used to work at a restaurant for a little bit of time when we first moved to LA. And uh, she ser- she came home one night and she's like, I served this guy. He's in films. He's always the bad guy. And I was like, what? Who is it? She's like, you know, the guy with the face. She's not good with names or knowing people's films. <laughs> and she's like, face, the guy, guy with the face. And I was like, what? And she's like, you know, he's got like the face um 
And we kind of got around. I was like, is it Josh Brolin? I was like, no, is it <laughs> Josh Brolin's dad? <laughs> She's like, no, he's guy with the face, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, when we went for your birthday, Katie, at that jazz bar uh, yeah. on, on Mulholland, uh, when we left, we looked at a poster and there was like <laughs> upcoming events and Robert Darby was there. Bethany <laughs> saw it. Oh, she was like, amazing. that's the guy. That's the that's, face. That's, that's the face. So I really know him from The Living Daylights. Uh, from that James Bond film with Timothy Dalton. Was the Living Daylights? It isn't one of those two with Timothy right. Dalton. That's what I know him from. But yeah, he's one of those people. people I think most people in this movie, people will know their faces. Mm-hmm. But whether you can name what films he's known from. He's not happy with Glover because Glover's a rogue cop. Doesn't give Total a shit. Rogue. Doesn't care about the rules. Is this the Captain Pilgrim guy that we're talking about? This is Chief uh, Phil Heinemann. He's the first yeah. one who's kind of shouting at him, and then a chopper flies in. Oh, and Gary Busey shows up. And Gary Busey turns the up. Chopper. Can you imagine? They play this scene, a chopper flying in, the music. You, like, at the time, you'd think this is going to be Arnie, right? Like, right. you really would. Yeah. I got yeah. excited. No, Gary fucking Busey. Doesn't <laughs> even a, smoke cigars. And Bullshit. a bunch of idiots, including Adam Baldwin, wearing shades. <laughs> Something I hate in movies are just like, lackeys in suits wearing shades i hate them yeah so much <laughs> there's no character to them they're just like cyborg robots it's terrible gary Boosie. i mean honestly i don't know what maybe joel silver had a good relationship with him he can be a good actor in the right role but what a weird choice yeah to replace what was meant to be arnie's role very weird that <laughs> this whole movie the casting's just bizarre in this yeah. entire movie it really is it's it's wrong it's completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so at a police station, which is in typical 80s police station chaos, it feels like we could be watching the Turtles movie. This yeah. Like- yeah, I love it. I just, if you go and watch that scene again and just look at all the extras in that film, <laughs> so they're just many. all overacting and just, it's so Some funny. Cartoon drug dealers, prostitutes, <laughs> like everyone oh beating each other up. It's like every 80s police station was like this, apparently. <laughs> it's so funny yeah. how this is how it's portrayed in movies. Uh, and then we come across Bill Paxton who's chatting up a policewoman with some sexy golfing tips. In his classic <laughs> goofy dick character type role. Yeah. I will say Bill though that uh, the young Bill Paxton in some shots looks like uh, fellow geek and, and friend Nate Hertz. Oh. <laughs> I can see what you're saying. There yeah. were just some frames, like just the angle of his face. I was like. Similar charisma. Like as well <laughs> did he improv any of the of his lines do we know or were these I mean, all jokes and be. stories that were given him to say nah, i feel this is very bill paxton and there's oh a lot just in the background as well i mean i'm sure there's some prompts i don't know but this feels very bill paxton and he's pretty cocky because he's coming off of aliens don't forget oh right um so this is a big get for them like get bill paxton from aliens and kind of a similar role in some ways and yeah, they're gonna. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll get to it later. But is some lots get, of aliens. Is this where we get uh, Danny Glover boob shots? Yeah, almost very nearly. To right here is where we've got Glover talking to the captain, who oh. does a dramatic. Because he, he's talked to the chief, so now he's talking to yeah. the captain. <laughs> he's going up. Who uh, does a br- brilliant dramatic turn on a wheelie chair? <laughs> 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 really he looks like grown up Clark Kent. This captain. I love Captain Pilgrim. I'm like, what is that name? Uh. Man, and this Sounds is like not a, a face. breakfast cereal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Boosie comes in. He's being all polite. I'm just trying to imagine if this was Arnie throughout the rest of the film. I'm just like, how? What would Arnie do in these scenes? That'd be different, you know. And then yeah, this is where Glover gets topless. He's working out, to be fair, 
but he's, he's not in Arnie. shape. He's not yeah. Arnie, but he's in shape. But considering he's hitting nearly 50 and it's Danny Glover, he's looking good. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you see that they don't show you belly. They only show you top. That's true. They're like, just yeah. work out your arms a lot and we won't pan down. Just, we'll stay up here. <laughs> I wish he- they panned out and we just got a shot of him in his, in his undies. <laughs> in tiny little whiteies. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just got like seven more guns just stashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now Pax has moved on. He's chatting up Glover's uh, female crew member and she grabs Paxson's crotch to put him in his place. Another alien sort of mm-hmm. style yeah, style moment because Bill Paxson chats up the kick-ass girl in Aliens, doesn't she? Who then puts him in his place, I think. So I was else? just reading some Bill Paxton trivia. He's <laughs> Is that an official URL? <laughs> yeah. So he's the first actor to be attacked by a T-800 Terminator in The Terminator. An alien in Aliens and a predator in this movie. What? So he's the bridge across all these franchises. Yeah. So when we get to Alien versus Predator, that means he's canon. This is him before he goes into space in Aliens. <laughs> That's what this is. Got to be the same character. Yeah. Because, you know, seven years in the future, gang warfare, and then 10 years in the future, cryogenic freezing <laughs> until mm-hmm. he can go into, go into space. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have lovely lines like he comes into the police station after she's grabbed his crotch and says, God damn, is that bitch on the rag or what? Yep. <laughs> so, so nice. Oh my God. We're just furthering the predator masculinity. Oh, oh my God. I mean, at least there is a girl in this film who does more than the last one, but um, sure. not much. She yeah. kind of just disappears later as we'll get to. But I don't think we're meant to like this character, to be fair. So Danny Glover gives him a little look. And then mm-hmm. nearly shuts him down. Glover puts him in his place and the team comes first. So don't you go being rogue. So you know what? You're waiting <laughs> this whole fucking movie for Bill Paxton to compromise the team by doing something rogue. No. But no, no power to that. And, then, and, and what he does is act like a puppy dog and do everything that they tell him to do. Does everything. He's just eager mm-hmm. to please. Yeah, it should be said again, this is all shot downtown LA. We're not going to go to any other part of LA other than downtown. They're so desperate for this to feel like New York. And I do remember watching it as a kid with no concept of what LA was and thinking, yeah, this is what LA was. And I think, honestly, Alex, when you (laughs) and I first got to LA, it was both of our first time there, wasn't it, I think? Mm -hmm, Yeah. My confusion. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) this isn't Predator 2. (laughs) (laughs) Where are all I the buildings? Those were my first words as we drove in. Uh, but no, when we amp into LA, this is not what LA looks like. This is a tiny part of LA. Most of it is is very open, more villagey, and low houses. Um, but they're mm-hmm. really trying to make it feel like a city. We hear two people having sex. The most over the top sex scene ever. With terrible guttural moans. Like she's really like. I couldn't really tell if it. she was being beaten or if she was having sex until they actually showed us (laughs) so katie see if you had this feeling at all this scene okay so she's riding him in typical 80s fashion where every girl rode men in 80s films obviously uh because basically you can get a clear shot of their boobs that's really the reason for it of her Um, fake boobs (laughs) i don't even know if we see him like we're just on (laughs) as we like zoom in and, and see her riding him and then this gang the gang busts in uh these are the jamaicans being introduced properly and then I don't even know why they want this guy. I don't really care. But they're after this guy for some reason. He's like the kingpin of some. Oh, of, he's to do with the Colombians. Yeah, I'm he's like the leader of the Colombians, I think. 
So, I mean, I really just tuned out for so much of the story, I'll be honest. Yeah. But so they string him up upside down, which as soon as you see it, right, to do some voodoo ceremony, as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) The cops are just going to misinterpret all the predators' kills as being Jamaican voodoo bullshit. That's literally it. Oh, I just took it as like, yeah, further of them trying to attribute like voodoo stuff to what the predator does, like to show the symbolism and the the culture and like the system that he goes through and like showing the legacy of where some of this cultural like things come from where the predator gets his things coming no where they get their stuff from oh you think they get them from him his culture is obviously much longer than theirs Oh, so you think maybe yeah. like when a predator are visited a long time ago, he's what imbued Jamaicans. Yeah, or like <laughs> to see voodoo. where yeah. they, yeah, where, or that it's like centuries ago when the, the voodoo culture began, it was because there used to be this phenomenon where the predator would come and then they would, he would leave the bodies like this. And so then like Man, from I didn't that, get that at all. they kind of. Interesting. I bounce between both of those of like, okay, well, this is clearly the put the cops this is like put the cops off the set but uh, yeah I, I, i'm with you as well katie where i had a moment where i was like oh is this yeah. sort of part of that could be cool then but worship? we need more it's like we need like an extra line from king willie later or something right that really yeah. is like no this is we've been worshiping this thing for you know whatever or whatever yeah you know, whatever bullshit he knows that no one else knows but no, I mean, he, again, well, when we get to him later, he gives us nothing. No. Uh, I was <laughs> say that during all of this, the poor actress that was in the sex scene just has to sit there naked. Yeah. Screaming naked, yeah. Completely yeah. naked. Presumably with a merkin on, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and she, yeah, she's 100% age. She could not be more 80. She's got like the big hair, oh, yeah. red lipstick on. Always put your red lipstick on before you have sex at nighttime, mm-hmm. ladies. It's good to know. <laughs> but, so, the predator turns up, kills them all. He's got some Kill new toys. Two. Slash multiple kills. <laughs> Jamaican you just, gang. You're just not putting the effort in like you used to, Alex. Second room kill. <laughs> so hard to count all these buddy so big kills. So he's including a, a sort of spidey webbing thing and a little dart thing as well. I don't really know what you call this stuff. And it comes out of cloaking. It still looks cool by the end of the scene, but some bits of this is just shot badly. Some of it works, mm-hmm. some of it doesn't. And the staff. The staff is new, right? Oh, is that from? Is that new from this? Yeah, it is. And it's so quintessential yeah. now. Yeah, I really it like it. I think it's yeah, so no, cool. I love it. It comes just out of nowhere. As, oh yeah, where he gets his stuff from? I was like, <laughs> I how know. is that invisible, or how is that visible when he's invisible? And where was he hiding that if it yeah. was invisible? Because <laughs> you don't then, see it's being retractable, do you? You don't know it until the end. At the very yeah. end, you see him un. Whatever, oh, okay. unfurling oh, okay. it, however you want to Untracted. say it. Untracting. Undetracting it. <laughs> Unretracting. Re-retracting. Re-retracting. Um, Katie, okay, so I want you to tell me. Okay, how so Glover and the Rogue Team turn up. Uh, New to take shirt, a look. still sweaty, same pants. He's very sweaty, man. <laughs> very sweaty, man. I like these pants. I would wear them the whole movie. <laughs> They've been told not to go up, but they're going to go anyway because, hey, they're Rogue. <laughs> So we get another ridiculous shot as the elevator doors open and they all like pop their guns. <laughs> but this is my point. This scene. Okay. So the the webbing thing that like pushes against someone's face, the girl riding the guy having sex, the kind of style of it all, the murders, and then they get there and their bodies hanging everywhere. Katie, I'm getting a strong Hellraiser vibe. I'm, 
Oh, yes. I was very nervous about what you were trying to, about to ask me. I was like, this I don't... This sounds like a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I definitely understood that they were trying to uh, recall back to them finding the hanging bodies in the jungle. But I definitely got very strong Hellraiser vibes when they it first really walked does. in. Even with the like floating feather-y stuff. Yeah. Like, it's very, very Hellraiser. It feels like a Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth kind of scene. Yeah, for sure. Which, which, it always makes me feel weird when you think of different films, when you're watching a film, because then you judge it differently, because then you're judging well, against those films. maybe we just didn't see it, but Pinhead was actually kind of like lurking in a corner somewhere. Like, Because here's the thing, judging it from that point of view, I was like, this scene is better than oh, most Hellraiser scenes. For sure. Well, most Hellraiser movies did not have $35 million behind them, no, so. I think, no, zero, no, all of them combined. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So they keep talking about King Willie, who's the voodoo priest who's running all the Jamaican gangs. So this is going to be an imposing character. Uh, they find a naked girl and she's saying, once again, she's saying it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she said the mm. devil came for them. At yep. least it's time to not do the thing where, yeah. What was it? The last one was like, she's saying the jungle came alive. The jungle came alive. That's not what she said. <laughs> but then he was going, <laughs> what then- she said. <laughs> no, yeah. And he said, that's what she said. What she said doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, like the jungle coming alive does. Fucking idiot. Um, but no, they're trying to play off some of the things from the first one. And then they realize in a weird way, oh, we've got a new player because they find like the, the little yeah. They see the dart up high, but they can't retract it. They realize they've got, they got another player, player not Colombian, not Jamaican. Someone else is involved. But then Gary Boosie and his team of shades turn up and literally threatens to kill Glover if he puts his nose in his business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Literally tells him, I will kill you. Yeah, if you if you keep sticking your nose where it's not meant to be, but I do keep thinking like honestly, even I could maybe put up with Danny Glover. I don't like him, but maybe. But even just like if this was Arnie who keeps coming in, can you imagine the different vibe these scenes would have? Oh, it'd be yeah. so much better. And you got Arnie on the on the trail of the predator. Yeah, and it would be kind of in like how Red Dead Two is doing it. Sorry, we're gonna keep talking about that, but it's, it's very much on the mind. But in terms of you know having a story where we're with a different character but the character we were before is the side character in this new story you know it'd be kind of mm-hmm. interesting not follow Arnie but he's there yeah throughout the film mm-hmm. it'd be kind of cool yeah this is but for me this is start, yeah this is coming off track gradually I was feeling this film was savable and then we start talking about King Willie and I'm starting to <laughs> it's going a bit all over the place Paxton follows he goes to follow where they're taking the girl because they take her away and it turns off out sorry that she was passed over to the feds right away or something they really i don't i don't really catch what it's like yeah she was passed over to the feds well they they took her to the hospital and so he tells bill paxton to follow it and find out where they take they're taking her oh so taking my gary boosie straight yes yeah exactly okay Okay. because at this point at this point they don't sort of necessarily make it explicit that Gary Busey and his team are ser- searching for a predator. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. We have no idea. Yeah, that's true. But they, we're, we're, st- like- we're starting as an audience to understand, oh, they know more than they're letting on. But Danny's not sure really what's going on. Because um, that well, would be the difference with Arnie in that role is that you would immediately know that. Yeah. Yeah. That he knows that the we know what's going around. on, hundred percent. Whereas, uh, yeah, I wasn't hundred percent sure. Like, obviously, you know, they know something, but you think maybe they're just this is their first time. But no, it mm-hmm. turns out later on they, they've known about this for quite some time. That's what your club keeps talking to himself. I love it. So it's like, Son of a bitch. Who are you really chasing keys? Time to go to work. <laughs> 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 Literally tells himself, 
time to go to work. <laughs> and he's just finished <laughs> work. And he's at a bar, I think, drinking. <laughs> so I better get back to it. It just, oh. just, they just sound like lines that Chris Pratt would do in Parks and Rec when he plays his FBI <laughs> alter ego, oh, yeah. Bert Macklin. Because there's a, there's a line in that where, there's a line in, in Parks and Rec where Bert Macklin's looking for a suspect of who threw this pie during the election campaign and he's like gets a clue and he just stands there by himself and he goes Bert Macklin you son of a bitch and it's exactly like that no it's exactly Uh. this couldn't be more cliched with that stuff is this the scene Mm. I can't remember where it is if it was at the the tail end of keys coming in and kicking them out of the room or at the bar where Danny Glover is talking to somebody and he's like face to face with them. And then he, he, he slaps his hand in front of their face. That's right. In Um, place of slapping their face. And I was like, that is the most boss move I've seen from him from in this whole movie. It's the most boss move. I I think he does that later on too. Yeah. Yeah, We get into that. That is is fucking so good. I was like, it's also so stupid. It's so dumb, <laughs> but it's totally something that works in that timeline where I'm like, but he's he's given it. That's the proof. Like he is, because again, I think a lot of this stuff is him just ad libbing. Like just sit there, mumble some stuff about your job and how dedicated you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so good. Glover's buddy Blade sneaks into the crime scene to retrieve the spearhead toy that the predator used. He climbs up there, grabs it, falls, and then a predator just turns up. And tries to rescue him. Yeah. He like grabs his arm and holds him in place. But I mean, he's kind of ripping his arm open at the same time. Well, I think I feel like he's trying to rescue him. But then the guy goes for his gun. And then it gets confusing because then what we see is his necklace falling to the ground. Then we just hear some gunshots and him screaming. Yeah. Well, and then a lot of blood falls down. Yeah. And it's very unclear what really happened. Kill three. Point. Lots of rooms. But it's confusing to know exactly what happened. It's a, I feel like... I mean, what was the predator to do? Was he going to rescue him? Like, was he going to well, pull him up to have a fair fight? Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, he was still armed. So, I feel like the predator would have... There's still... no other point where the predators try to pull someone up from falling over. <laughs> it's not the MO. Yeah. It's very weird. Very yeah, weird. I don't know. <laughs> then everyone's gathered around at the police station to watch a video made just about Danny Glover... <laughs> and how yeah. rogue he is excessive aggressive personality working in the force for 18 years <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny because i thought it was a news clip and then it, when it pans out he's there watching it with the two like, chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> look what i did <laughs> these little fists they try and shut him down but hey now it's personal is what i wrote down in my notes and what's even better, I wrote down in my notes, oh, great, but now it's personal for him. And then literally the next thing he said on screen was, now it's personal. <laughs> yeah. And this is where he slaps the air in front of his face. And at this point, we also get a news <laughs> clip where we get, so at this point, I'm writing like kill one, multiple kills. Then we get a kill update in the film on oh, the news nice which it, it's like a f- five drug trash one cop yeah although those numbers <laughs> those numbers cop. don't add up because even if you no. look at all the bodies in the the armory or the skinned bodies none of it adds up so don't i'm sticking up. with my multiple kills you're a better reporter than they are yeah That's what you're saying. absolutely 
I, I just can't believe there's actually in in an 80s film there's actually that line of now it's personal <laughs> I think that's so fantastic um, and he's wearing it and he's somehow now like wearing this clown jacket that's just ridiculous it's just so big it's like still got the same baggy pants it's like though. parachute yeah. pants but on his chest I've written down here I bet Katie's gonna comment on some of these, these cool cars dude <laughs> so good so good because they cross the street here and i'm just going wow the I budget hit across you, the street with all right? these cars yeah and then you texted me i texted you because there's as they're crossing the street here there are there are three cherry red 65 yep. mustangs <laughs> yep spotted those right next to each other all driving down the street at the same time as they cross and i was like who was their contact for these cars that was just like oh yeah. i got these three cool cars and I was it's like, like it's yeah it's wait, like wait, what it, time what time are you setting it in again uh 97 okay these will okay work. These will do. well then these will be great in the future they won't they won't stick <laughs> out or anything it. with your police cop minivans that are very uncool it's like it, it it does feel like a video game you know when you got like they've only made a certain amount of model of cars and then you keep seeing the same one driving by at one point <laughs> oh it's <laughs> yeah. so funny absolutely it was so weird but I mean, I'm enjoying the product. I'm like, wow, they're out on these streets. There's loads of people everywhere. There's cars all over the place. Like, there's, you know, the budget is on the screen. I don't know if it's the best place to use it, but they really, <laughs> they really shut down downtown and did a whole bunch of stuff there. So Glover's telling his female uh, crew member to set up a meeting with King Willie. It's a faraway line, blink, and you're going to miss it. And then you're going to be very confused. <laughs> While Glover and Paxton go to the medical examiner, who they're, you know, taking apart his friend blades to which she's very she's very nice and very consoling by saying yeah he was boned like a fish (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah oh my god yeah that line (laughs) and he doesn't even blink (laughs) that's how professional danny glover is Uh (laughs) he already established that it's personal he doesn't need to you know show you that it's still personal She says the other bodies, though, she can't tell them about because they were taken away to a private examiner, my Gary Boosie. Uh, so they gave her the Predator toy. Luckily, <laughs> within arm's reach, <laughs> she has a machine. <laughs> you know, like all medical examiners, she has a machine that she could just immediately tell what type of metal it's made of. And guess what? It's not even on a periodic table. Shut up. To which they're like, oh, Get out of here. be someone out of town then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way out of town. And then we have a, a fucking cartoon car pulls up of Jamaicans. This car is amazing. What are you talking about? Yeah. The zebra print <laughs> rooftop on this thing? We're talking what? about racist stereotypes. Absolutely. <laughs> With the, like, clouds of smoke pouring out of it. Yeah. The fucking the biggest joint and it's just like pouring out. Oh, my God. <laughs> And they pull up to pick up. To and pick they're, up, still, uh, they're still playing hip hop music. Yeah. Why? Well, it's 97. That makes sense. Yeah, but. It's 97. We don't know what music's going to be playing in the future. But for those Jamaicans, they would be listening to hip hop music. I think you're fine there. Yeah, would they know, be listening to like the Rastafari? They would be listening to reggae. Yeah, stuff. exactly. They would be listening Maybe to reggae. They would be listening to classical music. We don't know. You could be listening to know. Bob Marley. I think the know. point you're trying to make here, Katie, is if you're going to go full stereotype, go full stereotype, right? What? Yeah. If you're going to be racist, go full racist is what you're saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you well, go don't just be like, yeah, but they're black, so they'd be listening to hip hop. It's like, no, it's no one ridiculous. has any idea about anything. 
in this film. Be specific with your racism. Yeah. Even Predator. We're about to know. Predator looks like Batman now. He's like posing on the edge. I mean, it looks yeah, cool. This that. is one of the posters. He's on he one of those. Definitely Batman. Uh, and definitely trying to make a little like New York here for sure. <laughs> sure. So we go to a dark alleyway. Again, very New York feeling. Uh, King Willie walks out. From behind a dumpster. Wait, waiting for a kingpin. So, yeah, he's just hanging out for how knows how long. He doesn't have any bodyguards. No, that's where so, yeah. he takes oh, all of his wants, meetings, is in that alleyway. Like, someone wants to meet me? Oh, oh, awesome. When do they want to meet? Tonight? Oh, I'm not a fantastic. I'll clear my schedule. I'm going to hang out in this alley yeah. and just wait for Danny Glover of the police force to turn up to meet me <laughs> with no protection. <laughs> and you know what? The only people who are going to come from my gang, make sure you're really stoned so you're completely ineffectual. Yeah. <laughs> And then don't wait for backup no, to be backup. Just leave. You guys should just leave. Don't worry, I'll walk home. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, maybe ridiculous. he would beep their pager when he's ready to be picked up or something. Maybe he lives in the alley. Maybe oh, <laughs> that's yeah. his head There's away. just a little tent back there. So, I mean, not only that, he looks ridiculous. He sounds ridiculous. He tells us nothing. All he really says is he knows what a killer is in the spirit world. <laughs> and Glover's like, it's all the info I needed. Thank and you. Then, <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> and then we get a scene where King Willie faces down with the Predator. This is the scene I remembered. Uh, the Predator falling down, sploosh, doing a similar thing to the water from the end of Predator 1. Invisible feet walking in the water. This is a shot where it looks cool. Yeah, it really looks does. really cool. Really, really cool. However, I will say this. If water is going to short soak yeah. every time, <laughs> why do it? And if you've got the technology to travel across intergalactic space why not waterproof your suits yeah (laughs) no very true but that shot does look really it looks really really cool and then he gets revealed in the puddle which is pretty cool as well so the reflection like the reveal in the puddle are we meant to think that it's because his suit has short circuited yeah i think for a second but then you go back and he's invisible they're just doing whatever they want i was like oh so in water you can see him like it was very I was trying like to figure vampire. out the lore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, if you hold a mirror up, then you can see him or something. No, they're just doing whatever they think looks cool. All right. Whenever they want to. But then we have this terrible scream as we get this cross edit of King Willie screaming. <laughs> Again, we don't see him die, just like we didn't see Blades die. And then his severed head, as you're, for a split second, you're meant to think he's screaming because you're coming yeah. out of his mouth. But no, Predator just carrying away his severed head. So cool. Oh my God. Kill four, King Willie. And then we get a hint of the spaceship we're going to get to later as we can see some background and he's cleaning it and then mounting the skull. I like his little buffer. He cleans everything very nicely. Yeah. And we're going to come back to that later. It's important. He mounts this skull. (laughs) Something I want to return to later. The doctors say that they think the killer's in a slaughterhouse. I'll I'll be honest. I feel like it's just bullshit. There's like two sentences of like, there's a sediment or something that's on this blade, which means it must be hiding in a slaughterhouse or some bullshit. Yeah, which and then, traces it to a slaughterhouse in yeah. Vernon. Then Paxton's like, oh, that's where I lost keys before. It was outside a slaughterhouse. And I just thought, oh, he's probably just buying his meat. So I let him go. Meanwhile, the predator's hanging out with a kid at a cemetery. Yeah, that's so Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird in the middle of the day. He just, he loves Danny Glover so much. And so okay, here's something I guess, if there's, if there's anything to discuss, let's posit some things, shall we quickly? Because this is a point we're watching it this time. I was like, are there multiple predators? Because he's in so many places. <laughs> he's just jumping mm. around so many places. And spoilers, when we get to the end, there are multiple predators. But are we to believe this is all just the same one who's chasing Danny Glover or are other ones watching him, do you think? 
I think it's all the same one. Yeah, I thought it was all the same one. I never, I never thought there was multiple. Because uh, I mean, LA's a big place, so did he walk to the not funeral? Not this LA. This LA is downtown only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just trying to think of the cemeteries downtown. Yeah. No, I <laughs> don't know where this is. could have just hopped and jumped to. Yeah, he would have had to get to like Hollywood to get to a cemetery. And he's good at like going across buildings, going through trees. The rest of LA is flat. Yeah. <laughs> like very low. So he's just going to be walking down the street invisible. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, as a kid who sees him, and I guess it's kind of a fun scene in a stupid kind of way, but this is where you're like, oh, okay, they're not really going for scares. <laughs> this is kind of just being silly. And uh, Danny Glover's going to visit his friend's grave, and we get. Yeah, we do. <laughs> the music the plays. Tap. And it yeah. just made me it just made me long for the love story from the last one. Yeah. When when old mate lost his There's uh, some weird love stories here. We're gonna get to a pregnancy later. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we'll get to it. But yeah, so Danny Glover then sees his friend's broken necklace hanging from a tree because the predator apparently is now into playing mind games, or was he trying to return it and be nice? Or I've no idea. Uh but it was worth it because Danny Glover does a completely unexpected classic Danny Glover gun pull. In the middle of the cemetery, yeah. he just whips it out, <laughs> looks completely startled again, and then, in case we didn't know, because they focused on it twenty times throughout the film, has to literally out loud say, "Danny's necklace." I know. I was like, "We got it." We sat there for like thirty seconds and watched him finger this thing. We, we understand. We literally didn't let. We didn't see him die. We had to just watch his necklace while he died. Like we and know then- his fucking necklace. It is. <sighs> Paxton and a female cop on a subway and this is where I get excited because yeah I remember this scene from the comics I didn't remember it from the film though. some punks some different punks different gang also very guys. Hellraiser very Hellraiser they're touching up a girl in ridiculously little clothing yeah and then they try to mug a guy in a suit they, they decide uh, who cares about her let's mug this suit boy but everyone on the carriage pulls out a gun and this is where, again, I've written down, seriously, this film just wants to be Robocop. This is such a Robocop yep, moment. This is very Robocop. Well, to me, it was interesting because it's a look at what everyone in present day gun control climate, the argument of, well, if everyone had a gun, then we would all be safe. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, we're about to see They're how the that theory plays out. Nice commentary here, Predator yeah, 2. interesting. Also, yeah. they're in LA, so they picked the wrong state Yeah. <laughs> for everybody yeah. to have a gun, but whatever. We see the Predator, he's on the roof, looking cool, breaks in. Bill Paxton unloads, uh, so this is where I'm really confused. Bill Paxton unloads two entire clips into the invisible Predator as he's walking towards him. Yep. Doesn't get hurt at all. Yeah, but Not he has all. the cloaking device on. No, but it doesn't make him, he's got, he got hurt in Predator 1 and he starts bleeding and they yeah. follow the green blood. I immediately. Just because you're invisible doesn't mean he's invincible. I know, it's but not I, like a star I this, I Mario this. power. I, I took it as, like, when he's invisible, that is, like, his bulletproof shield. But that's not what's happened in the f- previous one. I know. I agree with you. <laughs> this is... I don't... And he's literally too... He literally finishes a clip, puts a new one in, and then keeps... And this isn't, this isn't a revolver. This is an automatic or semi-automatic gun. I'll be honest. I don't know the difference between semi and semi-automatic. He almost like 30 bullets into this guy. I'm British, right? We're okay. It sounds better when you say semi-automatic. You've played, you've played enough video games. I have. I should know, shouldn't I? I know in an assault rifle, I think, but I don't know in a handgun the difference, really. Mm. <laughs> uh, do, do, do any of us know semi and fully? No, I don't no? care. Good. 
Excellent. People are screaming know. at us right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Um, but he doesn't get hurt. This is a, genuinely, this is a big problem for me. It really is. Because they show the Predator's invincible in this scene. Which A, is not <laughs> MO before. And B, is not what happens later in the movie. <laughs> I have a real problem with that. But yeah, the, the female crew member stuff. Sorry, I've forgotten her name. I've forgotten all these crew members' names. I can't names remember. So just, and I don't remember her actors. Yeah, actors I don't remember name. any of the names in this. No. Just Bill Paxton. Gary <laughs> yes. Busey. Danny Glover. Yeah, exactly. She stops the train. Everyone gets out. And then she goes to check on Paxton. So we get this scene which while Paxton's doing all this, which is like flashing strobes and stuff. It's kind Strobing of cool. It. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. It's, mm. And that was um, Kill 5 slash multiples on the train. There's many multiples on the train. For $35 million, why have we not seen one person actually getting killed here? I know. Well, I'll tell you what. what. This this movie was re-edited 20 times. This was the first film ever in American history that when it was put in to get rated, it got an NC-17 rating because it was too nasty. So they had to keep cutting things back and back and back and back until we've ended up with this very weird version. So it wasn't released NC-17, but it was the first one to be rated NC-17. All right. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's definitely been compromised a lot um, by the studio. And I do feel, find with sequels, they lose the edge a bit of, oh, let's make it more family friendly now. So there is a weird tone. But you see boobs and crotch. Family friendly. And yeah. You can have to point out this crotch. And I didn't, I didn't see it. We'll get to that. You do. He's hanging get. right there. Let me know when we get to it. No, is it's it already a Django happened. Unchained style? It's already oh, really? happened. Which one? The, the, key, the Colombian leader guy when oh, he's hanging. The one who had sex? Yeah. Well, you, see his, you see his penis? You see a lot of hair. Some pubis. <laughs> it was in there somewhere. I didn't know. <laughs> I noticed the it. There was a lot of hair going on. They do a wide shot of him hanging and all like the Jamaican guys around. And then she's still on the floor, like whimpering naked still. But they're about to cut him. And they were like, I was like, oh, wow, we got penis. That's in- I may have been trying to notice if she was wearing a merkin or not, so I might have not noticed. <laughs> I'm glad penis. we all had our what if, focus what on the right What if while place. he was hanging, you, we think that he's about to stab him, but he just shaves his pubes? No? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> anyone? anyone? That was anyone? not that meeting. Anyone? <laughs> yeah. Voodoo? Um, Is that voodoo? <laughs> again, though... I'm going to say on paper, it's like, even as a director, you're looking at this stuff. It's like, okay, well, in this scene, we're going to use strobe. There's a scene where there's a lot of blue lighting. There's a scene where there's some red lighting. Like, they're doing, you know, there's some ideas here on paper Mm -hmm. where you feel like, yeah, we're making an interesting movie here with this different stuff. And again, it's none of it's terrible with how it's approached, I don't think. Like, it's all directed fine. I understand what's going on. There's just not much flair to it. And with the cinematography, it's not. Yep gorgeous like the last film no yeah i agree just feels very serviceable yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with that you know there's a lot of technique to be serviceable but there's not much vision but anyway she goes check on bill paxton the predator finds him (laughs) sorry finds all of them strung up immediately inside the train which i love that the predator does it even when there's limited height yeah well it's probably (laughs) honestly easier inside of that subway because you even have the holding rails and he's like perfect anything i could just reach up hook him yeah, there's like uh, the predator though. grabs her and looks like it's about to kill her. We're getting our first proper look at him, and then sees that she has what looks like a fully grown child crying inside, yeah, yeah. Her. inside of her very not obvious pregnant belly. Yeah. Which I don't yeah. think she knows. Does she know? We don't know because she disappears after this, and we never see her again. 
Yeah. <laughs> she's taken away and I'm waiting for her to turn up again. No. But yeah, we don't know if she knows about the baby. Apparently there was a subplot to do with this. There was a whole thing to do with the baby. No, she but definitely I've... knows because when Donald Glover shows up or Danny Glover, God, I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh, I wish Donald Glover was. Oh, so good. He does something where he's like talking to her and then he like reaches down and realizes that she is pregnant and then like jerks <laughs> his hand back. As though he's like, you have a disease, woman. <laughs> he whips out his gun. <laughs> yeah, essentially, like, as though he's going to catch it. Well, know. but does she react normally, though? Does she, like, seem No, like... she just has kind of the look on her face of... I know. Shame. <laughs> I had sex. <laughs> yeah. But I was very confused by this. I was like, whose baby is that? I know, because the thing is, like, then you... The problem is, then you're like, is it his? Is it the blades who died? Is it Bill Paxton's charm has worked and very quickly gotten her pregnant? Like, it's very hard to know. I don't know. Um, and there was a subplot about it, apparently, but they edited all that out, but then she doesn't die, so they can edit this out. But then she disappears, so she might as yeah, well die. Yeah, she's gone. So why not just have the predator, like, pick her up and lift her and then cut away? Like, you have every other kill <laughs> in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because she's not even, there's no point to keeping yeah. her around. And this whole baby thing just is confusing. I mean, but huge scenes. I mean, there's so many extras outside when they're wheeling these people out of of the train. It's a crazy amount of people. And then Glover somehow magically, and we know this because he talks to himself, luckily. I mean, he has all these people around him he could be talking to for any of his exposition, but for some reason, he's got to do it to himself. We literally have at least 25 news reporters on call all the time in every scene, and yet he's talking to himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Somehow, he puts together immediately uh, all these people who died in the train they were all armed and all the ones who got away were unarmed just figured it out figured it out cracked the code but does he use that later no no (laughs) then he follows a a, what a sound down to the train tracks I, I don't know. I didn't get I, li- I didn't understand. I, literally, I, didn't, I don't even think I blinked. He suddenly was just in the train tracks following something. I was like, what did he... How did he get mm-hmm. there? But then he does hear a sound and he sees the predator ripping someone's spine out. And then it just runs away in kind of a goofy... <laughs> Kill six, Jerry. <laughs> Predator's jumping from rooftop to rooftop and climbs a building. There's a definite commentary here, I feel, on media turning tragedy into entertainment like that i feel that's what they're doing but i feel they're doing it like again through the scope of yeah we've seen robocop do this we don't necessarily understand what its commentary means but there's a commentary going on we're going to steal from that without really understanding what we're talking about i feel that's what you know it's imitation without understanding without comprehension Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a bad idea (laughs) that bit where predator then screams because so, uh, he has the, the skull and spine and he does the scream mm-hmm. on top of the building. Right. Yeah. For me, it was nowhere near as cool or as resonant as in the first one. And I think it also has to do with the fact that it was like, the whole thing in this, and I'll, I'll get back to it at the end, is that Predator seems to be killing, like, they're easy kills for the Predator. He's yeah. not killing elite warriors or like yeah. mercenaries. Trained people. Do you know what I mean? Trained just, people. It's like he's just running around in a cartoon. And so you yeah. don't really feel like he's he's a victor in the mm-hmm. same way as he was in the first one. Yeah. Because we don't yeah, even have it, like the bulk of the people. Like, I mean, as, as far as we don't have Carl Weathers size people, like even. 
We don't have Arnie-sized people. Here's the problem with this film. I think it's summed up by that scene. The train scene is one of the coolest scenes in the movie. And it's one that has a visual, like, idea to it. Again, you can very much tell it's from a comic book. However, it makes absolutely no sense. It's like, he's been tracking... I can just about buy... He's, you know, checking out, well, there's a gang warfare. They're going to uh, drop a line later of it. So they're always attracted to warfare, basically, or when there's conflict happening on our planet. So, you know, there's a gang warfare going on. They're attracted to that to see, okay, who what's happening here and who's the best. And then finds Danny Glover and for whatever reason decides that he's the king. Um, and then wants to take out, you know, the rest of his crew and then might interfere with some of the gang stuff going on as well while I was trying to figure out who's the best. I could just about give it that. So we have these scenes yeah. of it killing the Colombians and Jamaicans, blah, blah, blah. Jumping into this train to kill a bunch of pedestrians just to get to Bill Paxton, like when it's following them the whole time. No, it's just not the MO of the Predator. Yeah. They're discreet. They have like rules. Again, it doesn't kill the people without guns, but it's just not... It just doesn't feel right. This and was the problem one of the, is it's one of the most enjoyable scenes. This was one of the f- the first times that I did start to fall into the category of maybe there were multiples because, yeah, I did not get, other than the fact that we've seen Bill Paxton already, I did not understand why Yeah, the Predator was in this subway. And I feel I feel about that the way, like, not to spoil anything with the new Halloween movie, but you can go and listen to our review of that. But they changed Michael Myers' MO in that a bit. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, he has this motif, then we take away that motif, and then there's a scene where he's just killing anyone because that'd be fun for a scene. And the problem is that's one of the best scenes in the new Halloween movie, but it's like, that's not what he does. And if he does that, then just do a whole fucking movie of Michael Myers walking down the street trying to kill everyone as more and more cops show up, and then the FBI shows up, and then eventually whatever happens. Do that with this, then. If you want to do that, then have the predator killing everybody or, or this focus. is where we realize that the predator has also realized that la is super hard to just keep walking because it's very yeah. flat and he's like i'm gonna take the subway and then was like oh how convenient and, that, these and that's people why it's all set in downtown because that's pretty much the only place there is a subway <laughs> yeah i know when he got on the metro i was like where are you going because that didn't go anywhere so at the time that this film was made la didn't have a subway yet no seriously yeah and it actually opened i think i read it either opened around the same time as the film was released or a few months after well let's not forget the film set in the future gangs and was was meant to be la is falling apart to gang warfare the city's really investing a lot of money not to clean up the streets but to put in subway for easier commuting time yeah that's where the taxpayer's money is going, not to stop this gang warfare. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, what's going on? So, Glover is driving blindly like a maniac down the streets, somehow following the Predator on rooftops. <laughs> yeah. The We're, invisible Predator. Just makes not, an invisible creature running on rooftops, and he's on street level, and somehow it's following it. Well, he was following... At the beginning, he was following because he could see some stuff being knocked off of the roof. Sure. But then but, that stops. And yeah, so then on, he's just problem. driving. It's and then so... it fuses out a neon sign, which I presume was advertising at some beer light. Was it Michelob light? Or, I don't know, yeah. yeah. Michelob. Uh, that's adorable. Yeah. And this is a bit where it climbs up. It was, what was, it was meant to be the Chrysler building in the comics. Um, is it in the comics or is it in the, in the script? As lightning flashes behind it, then some of Gary's boys grab Glover, take him away, take him to their secret lair. As the Predator has what can only be called the quickening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is being called to get another franchise. 
which I would definitely watch. <laughs> McCloud <laughs> versus Predator. So Gary, this okay. So they take this is where budget goes out the window a little bit because they take uh, Donny Danny Glover, Gary Busey and his boy take Danny Glover into the back of a truck, <laughs> which turns out to be their base of operations. <laughs> Oh man! There's um, no, there's no like thumbprint scanner or password to get into this place. By the way, it's no, literally just, just a, a button on the side that opens the doors. Like your security is very yeah. lacking. And then it's just like you look at it from outside. It's just the back of a. Tr- it's just like a carriage from back of a truck. Yeah. And here's what I explain the previous film. Bring Danny Glover up to date. They've been trying to follow this predator since. Well, here's the thing. It gets muddy because they seem to apply since the last film because it was meant to be Arnie. So it's meant to be like he's now running this operations, you know, trying to like hunt down any other predators. But then later on, we're going to get... Well, actually, no, that comes from Predator, doesn't it? So no. Okay. So, so we're presuming they don't know anything else about the Predator's history. Like we're going to learn All later. that they mm-hmm. say is we've been studying his patterns for over two weeks. So, two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah. I was waiting for them to say years. I was waiting to say here at least at least months. And well, they say been- two weeks. It would have been 10 years since the last film happened. I in... agree. <laughs> what is happening? What has Arnie been doing? Two weeks. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe the, to be fair, maybe the Predator had already turned up two weeks ago, but you've been studying you Predators say, for longer. Well, you wouldn't say we've been studying his patterns in LA for two weeks. No. You would be like, this is how long we've been tracking this thing. Like years we've been on this thing. So you might have also noticed in the credits, fuck, I've forgotten her name, but the girl from the first film, it's in the credits for this film, and this is where you're going to blink and you're going to miss her. She's in this scene. Okay. She's on one of the TVs in the background because originally they had a whole bit where they had her interviewed, and she and they actually shot it. They got her in, shot new footage of her being interviewed, and she's like telling what happened in the first film, but it all got cut out of the film, um, which I would have kind of appreciated. It would have yeah. become nice to see a familiar face from the first film, mm-hmm. and she's a good one to have back. I think I would have I would have loved to have her come in, like if she yeah. was the one leading this operation. And not Gary Busey. Jeez, seriously. Yeah. If you could get her back for a little bit part, that would be cool having That'd her come back cool. like, ready to fucking kick us. She'd look way better in those flashy body suits than Gary Busey does, too. Well, and, and we're in the era of like post aliens. Like everybody yeah. wanted to be Sigourney Weaver. It's like kick ass women. It's yeah. something that should have been happening with this. I agree. That the only one who looked vaguely kick ass got pregnant and then <laughs> never mm-hmm. comes back again. Mm-hmm. So, what we're learning here. Is, yeah, they say they come when there's conflict, which, again, how they know that? If they've been studying it for two weeks, don't know. Uh, they come to hunt, and then every two weeks, which if they've been studying it for two weeks, it doesn't make any sense. But every two weeks comes to the packing house to feed, and it likes beef. <laughs> so funny. This made me so mad. <laughs> this made beef. me so mad. Do we really need to know what the predator eats? He doesn't and eat I, I frozen pres- cow. <laughs> Are you kidding? He can literally rip a man's spine and skull out of his body. He's not going to a packing house to eat frozen hanging dead cow. I feel, because these are expeditions for the predators, right? They come from a different planet to test, you know, whatever, for whatever ritual that they're doing. They definitely bring some packed lunch with them, right? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, and wouldn't they, surely he's gone back to his ship before. Why don't they yeah. just track him back to that? No, no, it's... No, this is all so stupid. It's like everything so about this is so stupid. So their setup now oh, is basically made me so bad. we want to recreate aliens. So 
this is what we came up with. It's really, it feels like, oh, that scene was so cool in Aliens with Bill Paxton and when they're like, when they're monitoring, when Sigourney Weaver's in that truck. I mean, everyone got that, right? Like, this is literally the same yeah. scene. Yeah. And when Sigourney Weaver's in the truck and she's listening to the grunts go into the lair and then the same thing happens when she's trying to get them to pull out, but they don't. And then she literally goes running in to like go after them. This all happens again here, mm-hmm. but much, much worse. But again, in the context of the film, it looks kind of cool. It's all like blue. They've thrown like stuff into the air that's meant to stop its invisibility. And then they're wearing suits that brings their body temperature down so it can't see them. And, the plan- and they want to capture it. They don't want to kill it. But yeah, it's, this could work. It could be stylish. It's all blue and kind of cool. We're an hour and 10 minutes in though, however. And I noticed because yep. I checked. And I'm like, oh, we're wrapping up. This feels pretty cool. We're going to finish here. <laughs> hour and 10 minutes in. Still got 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. And I, oh, I literally, yeah. that was when I'd stop. You know, when Katie, you texted me and you're like, you done yet? I was like, no, I had to take a break. Because <laughs> I got to an hour and 10 in. So there was 40 minutes left. And I was like. I couldn't. I was very tempted at this point. To, <laughs> I need a minute. I was like, I wonder how much of this movie's left. And then I was I stopped myself from pausing it because I did not want to know if that there was 40 minutes left. And I'm very glad I didn't because I would have taken a break and then not been able to get back into it. I mean, again, I have to enthuse. It's not terrible. It's just I've seen all this before. I've done way better in other movies. Everything. Mm -hmm. So this is where we really get to see the mask on the Predator as it's hanging out, eating burgers or whatever it's doing. And it's a different design, pointy chinned. I, from this point forward... Call this the Sarah Jessica Parker Predator. Oh, I called it the <laughs> Duck Bill. Yeah, me too. Duck Bill. Yeah. You all called it Duck Bill? From, I called it yeah, Duck Bill. From certain, certain angles, yeah. it's very duck-like. Yeah. I would, and I really don't like it. I don't either. I, it was I very weird. I will suggest weird. that from certain angles, Sarah Jessica Parker is quite duck-like. Oh, she's definitely got It's got, got like that long pointy face. chin. Yeah, it's got that long pointy chin. Yeah. Which the Predator has. But yeah, it, I like that it looks different. But it doesn't look as cool, the mask, I don't think. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look as intimidating. No. But I like that they're doing different things with it. It's fine. And I like that then we see it's changing to different ways it can see things, which it did not do in the first film, but whatever. Uh, their tech has leaped forward in the 10 years, I guess, which is possible. And it can see their flashlights. So it can't see them, but it can see their flashlights. Glover decides to rush in to try and help. I didn't, <laughs> and I I didn't understand how Glover realized that it could see their flashlights. I think just because they could see where what it's doing. Where no, it's I mean, tracking he, back, yeah. No, there's no way he'd know it's a flashlight, but he would just be for somehow it can see Because he yells over the out. comm, it can see yeah. your lights, turn off your lights. I mean, he's just very, very smart. Okay. He can figure he's just out, very perceptive. Yeah, he's really on a different level. All right. In many ways. <laughs> my favorite bit here, though, is one of, uh, maybe my favorite bit in the whole movie. He then rushes out of this place and these two shades try and stop him. So he puts his little hands up to like distract them and then takes two shruggy swoops at them, knocks them out unconscious. That and is then the worst. Swings his gun around again and they overdub this huge whoosh, swoosh sound. <laughs> just even that gun. first bit where he headbutts the guy oh and knocks God, out the first right. two. It's just so clunky and slow. Yeah. <laughs> this, like, honestly, this whole scene is fantastic. <laughs> it's just brilliant <laughs> moment upon brilliant moment. Everyone should watch it. Yeah, and, but they can't get him, apparently. But <laughs> it's really stupid here as well that they can't get the Predator, even though they could see it. It's like it's just right there. And then they keep going, where is it? Where is it? Maybe above? Maybe, maybe look up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
where you know it's the majority of the time you know it's doing things from vertical points so i don't know they looked behind them and they looked in front of them so it's it's disappeared and then the predator attacks them there's some cool shots in here as it attacks them but the guys are just like facing the opposite direction (laughs) while it's killing people with gunfire going off behind them kill seven multiples (laughs) agents and this is all edited to danny glover suiting up like batman (laughs) he's just that's right yeah he's just putting more and more stuff on and we're just seeing him like (laughs) getting it lost fucking amazing absolutely amazing then again, some of the some of the scene looks cool. The predator looks pretty cool, but then some of the shots don't. Like when when we're meant to believe Gary Busey gets taken out, it's a really stupid shot of a camera just like rushing towards his screaming face. Yeah, awful. So it's Glover versus Predator in a showdown for the ages. Glover wins. <laughs> Glover wins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a logical logical ending. So you're thinking, oh, it ended a movie, but I've already checked the time, so I know it's not. And he goes to uh, take off its mask, which I don't understand After why he, he needs to do that. Pussy face. He knows how to take no, off its mask. No, no, no he doesn't call him pussy face. Oh, the reason why after. he takes off the mask, yeah. I guess, is just so they can have that line. Yeah. That's so stupid. But he, he knows how to take it off. Well, like, yeah. well, he tries to pull it off and then it, he can see that it's like stuck on one of the... It's not stuck. It's like... The wires so, yeah. or whatever. So he like undoes the wire. And you, as soon as you take that mask off, you would scream and drop that fucking mask, right? So yeah. You see that face? Well, like, they needed they needed yeah. the Arnie line, which I appreciated, but was also like bittersweet to hear coming well, I, out of his okay, mouth. Okay, so we're gonna get into this. And Katie, Alex, I know you haven't seen the Predator yet. Yeah. Katie, you have. I have. So we're actually gonna really get some of this cleaned up. So don't mention anything. But for for the point of this movie, and I want to judge the movies as we go along without knowing things in the future that are gonna retroactively maybe try and fix stuff. This makes no sense because he takes off the mask and then Glover begins to say the Arnie line of like, you are one ugly. And then it grabs him still alive and finishes the line saying motherfucker. Motherfucker. How does this predator know the ironicness of completing the line from the first predator, which died? It's a different predator. Well, maybe they have like a hive like mentality where they know Uh, what the others have gone through. I mean, we are going to get this cleaned up in The Predator. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to like how it's cleaned up. Yeah. But they're going to get into this. Not this exact scene, but how this sort of thing But happen. yeah, as much as I appreciated um, this scene, I was like, well, but wait, how? Nah, for me, it was too silly. And I think the animatronics and stuff are, mu- are better, but it doesn't look as good to me. Like, it looks more I cartoony. Agree. Yeah. Again, it, it looks feels way more like... Because I think they've added some more mandibles here, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. To this face. Yeah. It looks like the difference between Turtles 1 and Turtles 2, where Turtles 2 is like, well, yeah, these are better, but you've modeled them just more cartoonish. And but that's how this feels to at me. At the end of the day, like, the design of Predator's actual face is so fucking good. No, like, it still looks incredible. It's so good. Every time when he took it off, I was like, damn, that is terrifying. Like, it really mm-hmm. is scary still. I mean, you would drop the mask and scream. I would freak <laughs> the fuck out. Because <laughs> I think here as well. He's unmasked and we get the tight close shot yeah. right away. Yeah. Whereas in the first one, which is really cool, is he takes it off and you have that wide shot of him with the in the dark with the fire oh, yeah. behind him. Right. And he like does that outstretched arm thing and screams and it's like that is so 
was way more impactful because you've still got a bit of distance from it and but horror. it's still detailed and enough horror in it. they're not going for horror yeah yet. that's the thing like i get there might have been a lot of violence for the original cut but the horror is not here um mm-hmm. there's no tension with this stuff it's just yeah like watching a saturday morning cartoon which could be fun on its own level you know we got to judge the film for what it is but that's not what i associate with predator or what i want coming off the back of predator one but it looks cool, yeah, when it's standing up and it's walking. Gary Boosie, sadly, not dead. Real shame. Uh, but don't worry. Now he is dead. Uh, he <laughs> comes, sliced with a frisbee. It's so ridiculous. He comes out and then tries to, like, get it. And then, yeah, it has this razor boomerang thing, which suddenly it plays in a lot for the end of the movie from now on. And then you never um, see the top half of his body fall. It just stays in midair somewhere. Somewhere it's still out there hanging. Just <laughs> it's just floating. <laughs> He's still alive. He's still he alive. Just says half like half of Gary Busey is still legs. alive. Or yeah. guts. Yeah. Or, yeah. or blood. Because it all fell chest down. Chest and head. But he's fine. But I do appreciate they keep trying to, they keep trying to like lots of locations. So I think this is where the money goes. There's loads of locations in this film. Uh, trying to keep it fresh. Glover escapes to a rooftop. And this is where we begin the real enemy of the film, which I'm only sad it took this long to introduce. <laughs> Danny Glover's arch nemesis. Quote, birds. Damn birds. <laughs> he fucking hates birds. The birds just fly out and spook him and he literally is like, oh, damn birds. <laughs> Not afraid of giant motherfucking alien who he just unmasked, no. but he's afraid of but pigeons. Flying birds. Pigeons, no less. And we're going to return to that in a minute, which is fantastic. Predator's weird air purifier. he's in la it's very polluted i thought he was very 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 smart here i was like this is the one smart predator that is true air purifier which bit he keeps putting some a mask up to his face to breathe he can't seem to breathe very well without topping up on something and he did not have that in the first one i totally missed that he's very smart (laughs) he's downtown there's a lot of smog i guess because i thought it had already ended so i (laughs) shut i shut (laughs) down (laughs) you're like gary Busey died so i'm out yeah (laughs) But even if it was like because he's hurt, which now again, let's not get into that. Now he's hurt, even after two clips, automa- don't semi or automatic clips. <laughs> now he is hurt, but whatever. But I don't know why breathing would help with that. It's I don't, I don't understand. He uses his spear against Glover, but Glover has a gun. Don't understand breaking a predator rule. Shouldn't bring a knife to a gunfight. Like yeah. we don't get the gun shoulder thing at all with this predator. It's got different. Maybe when you leave the, it's like Hunger Games, you can just pick one weapon or something. I thought, did we not? I thought he had the gun shoulder. He does the sights. Oh, actually, yeah, you see people's chests. Oh, yeah, maybe we yeah. just don't see him no, use when it. He's, you see no, when he's yeah. in, the, in the, the meat packing place, I think it gets shot off or damaged and he pulls oh, it off. Oh, okay. Because he oh, uses okay. it a maybe couple right. of times. Yeah. But then he yeah, takes right. it off because it gets damaged or malfunctions or something. So Glover pushes him off the roof in a really stupid shot and then the predator hangs on i mean it's just really cumbersome the predator just looks like so ineffectual as it gets pushed off and then the predator's hanging on glover's on this ledge and this is where he says the line <laughs> for no reason okay pussy face your thank move you. thank you for i'm always, i always have to say the lines in these films like i don't want to say these lines <laughs> predator that starts, line was just like whoa <laughs> danny Predator starts the bomb countdown on it. We presume it's the same thing as the first Predator. It doesn't start laughing, thank God. Otherwise, it'd be like... I know. Glover grabs, though, the boomerang 
thing and chops off the predator's arm. We get a very cartoony expression on the predator's face as this happens. And then Glove, so the predator like grabs, it like fall, it grabs onto its pipe and it falls backwards into the adjacent building through a window into someone's bathroom. Glover's mm-hmm. then left on this ledge and he's all scared crawling along it and then more birds fly out. And to himself, he exclaims, that's all I need is birds. (laughs) (laughs) And then follows that up with, I could do it. It's like falling off a log. That's what he says. I can do it. It's like falling off a log. Walking along a ledge. Yeah, it's not in any way the same. And this is how we know he's making up this dialogue. (laughs) Well, you can see it in his face after he says it, where then he looks down and he's like, oh, no, this is this is nothing like that. I I just I said the wrong thing. (laughs) Just go with it. I just wanted some back history to come in later of like his family were killed by birds or something. That's what turned him into a rogue. (laughs) Again, though, they're trying to make it seem like he has this terrible fear of heights. And I'm like, anyone would be scared of the situation he is now in. He's scared. He's not, not like a floor off or a story from the ground. He's he's really high. He would die if he falls. So the predator's still alive and then it starts renovating a bathroom. It's going to be confusing, but it's breaking up tile and plaster and so then confused. begins cooking up what looks like meth. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird. That becomes like blue glue. Yeah, it is weird. Um, it's, like, like, it's doing it from yeah. it's not doing it from its own kit it's doing it from the bathroom tiles yeah <laughs> that it's crushed up yeah and even though it crashed into this bathroom and the wall and then it's breaking it all to pieces and okay the next i got room, it i got it so if there's calcium in the tile normally he uses bones but because he's not in his normal locale he decides he can scan the tile and see that there's the deposits of whatever it is in the compound that's needed to heal himself in that tile. That is a pretty good... Did it. Pretty good. Because otherwise, he uses bones of animals or of his victims to heal himself. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, everyone. You should let, we should tweet welcome. the writers let them know. Don't worry. We figured <laughs> out in your, head. your messy brain. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple sleeping in the next room, this old lady and, and guy. The guy we never see because he just Herb. sleeps through the whole thing. <laughs> it's always Herb. And, but she doesn't. But it takes a while for the predator to be smashing up the bathroom. I mean, his fist is probably in their bedroom by that point. He's broken through the wall so much. Yeah. But uh, she, like, comes out to try and find him. Glover, meanwhile, is Spider-Manning around outside. <laughs> With an obvious stunt double. Oh, God. While still talking to himself, climbing down pipes and then over bridge pipes to get to the next apartment. <laughs> it's... Oh, fuck me. <laughs> this scene is just... <laughs> Absolutely mind-boggling. Uh, <laughs> while, while he can see the open building and the predator can't see him while yeah. he's fixing himself. <laughs> so then uh, so then there's a minor like chase and then they're really just trying to get to these. They do like the briefest of shots to get you from location to location <laughs> because suddenly Danny Glover's in an elevator shaft. <laughs> He he falls, he jumps down an elevator shaft and catches the edges of a hole that's in it. Without his arms ripping out of socket. It's insane. <laughs> and literally as he's holding on, 
<laughs> so then the elevator starts coming down onto him and he's like, no, don't, don't use the <laughs> elevator. So then he falls down into darkness, lands on top of the alien spaceship and just starts talking to himself going, now where the hell am I? The only way that this would have fucking made sense and it would have solved the problem that we had before with why the Predator was in the subway is if the ship was in the subway, but it's sure, not. But- but we don't, I mean, look, we never really get an establishing shot. It could be in sewers, <laughs> it could be in a subway, whatever. But how the fuck did it get there? Because it's a big ship and it would have to yeah. break through things. And then people would have had yeah. to build around it. Exactly. It doesn't just like appear. So we need at least a shot to show, oh, it's, it's you know, it's, and, and you're in a city. Yeah. People would see. Yeah. yeah. And it would have had to establish that it's been there for a really long time. Like yeah, which the is not, I don't think the been in LA for a very long time. And I don't think it's meant to be. I think Longer it is only a few weeks. Longer than two weeks. But I think that is all. It's meant to be for two I know. weeks. It's, it's nonsense. Anyway, he's now in a Predator's alien spaceship after surviving everything. <laughs> he's a fucking hero. <laughs> unfazed. He's through. He walks in unfazed. He's like, yep, this is no, what an alien well, spaceship looks like. Probably shouldn't go and run or get help or anything. Oh, and just my God. Take a little stroll. But no, he acts like he's at a museum and he just starts checking out yeah. all the skeletons. So we check out, they go like a, a little display area of Rex skulls. Head, no big deal. Yeah, with like four eyes. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, that's right. legendary skull of the xenomorph. The alien from Aliens. Now again, very easy to do. Fox owned both these properties at this point. Stan Winston had done, not the design, but work on the Aliens movies and obviously designed and worked on Predator. And with the Dark Horse comics, they were already doing Alien v Predator comic books. Um, And they were selling well. So this presumably was just a kind of like, let's put this in here. Much like the Freddy glove at the end of Jason uh, Goes to Hell, dragging Jason's mask underground. And even the Necronomicon in (laughs) Jason Goes to Hell as well. They were really trying out everything. Let's just see, like, like you know. Is it Bride of Chucky? When he's uh, going through the police station evidence locker. Oh, yeah. right. And it's like, I think this is the... Uh, yep. Yeah. But the other thing is, again, Don Mancini, the legend, the man, the myth, just putting in something uh, that, you know, was a fun-like thing for him. I don't think he was necessarily thinking of crossovers, whereas this is yeah. very much a money thing of like, well, people are liking the comics. Let's put this in and see how excited people get. Which was harder to tell in 1990 because you didn't have the internet. Well, you did, but you didn't have it like it is now. Right. So you couldn't just go online and see what's happening with social medias and stuff like that and then and this is the bit i want to come back to he stops at king willie's skull and looks at it as if he goes ah my old friend (laughs) (laughs) he's from this skull originally i thought in my uh, original notes i thought oh it's his um it's his friend it's his friend yeah i thought it was his friend but it's not it's king willie yeah and even if it was your friend i mean no offense Alex, I, I love you, buddy. But if I saw your skull mounted somewhere, I probably wouldn't recognize it. Yeah. yeah, no. No offense taken. Um, but no, not even his friend, King Willie. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I know Very that bone weird. structure. Predator turns up. They fight. It's fine. Um, predators. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, whatever. it's Danny Glover fighting uh. a predator in a smoke room. Dry ice everywhere. Predator's about to kill him. And then he shoves its own frisbee into it. And then, did you guys notice this weird robotic sounds? As if the predator... No, I didn't notice, I didn't notice that, no. I would say go back, but, you know, really, your life is too short, don't. But, just trust me, cyborg sounds. He shoves it in and there's this... 
It's really fucking weird. Oh, that's it's weird. It's like Terminator noises. Is that coming from the frisbee thing, though? Trying to Absolutely swim? Absolutely no idea. Uh, no, I mean, that would be an attention to detail. <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> was giving to this movie. Uh, Predator's dead. All done. Then he stands up, turns around. There's at least nine more Predators suddenly coming out of cloaking, yeah. surrounding him. <laughs> What's upsetting with this scene, so this scene, obviously, a lot of money, a lot of time. Stan Winston literally had to make all these different suits just for a few seconds That's of footage. crazy. Which is cool. They all look different. There's an old one, which is going to have more of a moment with him, and that's actually based off of the original suit. They just added stuff to it. They all look different. The problem is, is they look fucking great, but they're determined to have them coming out of cloak and then going back into cloak as they leave, which means they have to do this stupid green or blue screen thing with them. And they just don't look like they're walking through the... Because you've got smoke underneath. And that's very hard to yeah. go on a blue screen. Yeah. So it looks really fake and tacky. It's like, well, just have them not in cloak. Walking through the smoke would look awesome. Yeah. But they don't. So it's kind of like I'm distracted by, well, this is cool. But also it looks really stupid for half the time. Yeah. It's a um, shame. One of them has a very cool like Bane style mask, which I really yeah. loved. Yeah. Really loved. I loved the design of all of these guys. I thought they looked so good. Most of them much better than the Predator that we've had this whole movie. Well, Alex, you've seen this yeah. movie many times. But Katie, was this? A, mm-hmm. Were you expecting other Predators? Was, no. was this a nice surprise? Yeah, I liked it. The thing I was not happy about was that they deemed Donald Glover a worthy adversary for using their own mechanics well, against themselves. So he gets but rewarded. Is, to be fair, that, that is Predator lore. I, think. I mean, we don't get much of it from the first one. I'm only realizing now, yeah, from that from that spear, from this moment, how much we get from the second one. But I do feel they do really respect, you know, the winner. It's like they, they haven't been. I think you're right. I don't think they have been following around. I think they come down for moral support. I don't know. Or they go out as a gang from planet to planet. Maybe one of them was the one who got the Xenomorph. Maybe one of them who's got the T-Rex, whatever. But they, okay, so they take the ship when they leave yeah what did they take to get there or is this us now knowing that there have been multiples in la this whole time no but that's what i mean i think they're just going as a crew they're hanging out on the ship the whole time eating hamburgers and then one of them will go out and do their thing on whatever planet and then they'll go to a different planet because that's obviously not everything they've ever caught that's just this this particular adventure that they've gone on. All right. They've caught yeah. these creatures. My problem with that, though, being that the skull that's there is from King Willy, and they, this predator killed a lot of people. Yeah. So where are the other skulls? And King Willy was certainly not the greatest opponent. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this predator in this film was probably the real sort of chump of that group of predators. Or like the newbie. Like, let's, just, let's just send him out on an easy little hunt. You like, go for Danny he's, Glover. He's useless. <laughs> You know, they're probably not surprised he's dead in the end. Yeah. They're just giving Danny Glover like, here you go, you killed, we got this guy. Off. They're not, it's not an honor thing. They're just like, you got this guy off our back. Yeah, thanks, He was buddy. dragging us down. Yeah. <laughs> just take this as a thank he you. He is a present. Yeah, so they give him a present. <laughs> they uh, throw him a pistol, which is engraved, luckily, <laughs> with 1715 yeah. on it. I don't know how many people, I'm not a big gun person, clearly, because I don't even know what semi and automatic, <laughs> but... <laughs> I if, I don't know how many gun people actually engraved the date. Well, I think you're meant to think <laughs> it's you... from like a famous general or something. Sure. From... But but would you would you still engrave the year onto your gun? I don't know. But whatever. They very luckily it's there. They did sometimes. And then the predator actually says, "Take it," <laughs> as if Danny Glover was going to go. Oh no, I really shouldn't. <laughs> 
As though he's going to sit there and talk to himself for 20 minutes. Should I take this? Is he giving this to me? Is this a present? I don't know. Are there, are there birds Are outside? he challenging me to a duel right now? I don't even know. Yeah, he just starts shooting at them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this was going to feed in to what the next movie was going to be, but we'll get to it. Then the ship gets ready to take off. Danny Glover's like, oh, better get off. So he escapes. He's all covered in white dust. I love him jumping something. off of the tail end of the ship as it's taken off. I love him appearing out of the white dust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That movie was really just funny. Like, the chopper's flying in, trying to echo the end of the first film. Gary's grunt. This is the Baldwin. He comes off. He's all pissed. Cops are showing up. I love how cops always just showing up and then they don't chase the people running away with guns. Man. No. Mm-hmm. And Glover walks off smiling because, yeah, the Baldwin's all pissed because they didn't get the Predator. And he's like, don't worry, arsehole. You'll get another chance. As if the screenwriters to say part three confirmed. And that's it. Woo! That was the end. Oh. The Predator 2 leaving you on that nice little sort of hint, that little tease of Predator 3. Well, and then the original theme music comes in on the outro. Which was great. That got me very excited. I know. That was like my favorite part. I was like, yes, there it is. I mean, they touch on it throughout, but yeah, they fall out. but not fully jumping on it like this oh so yeah well the film like i said was recut over 20 times to make it less graphic sadly kevin peter hall died after this film so this would be his last performance um and he also turned which is a predator concrete jungle for those of you who are like oh i know that name but you haven't read the comic it was also a video game for the ps2 in 2005 and there's some funny footage you can see of it on youtube it's fucking terrible it's almost unplayable i remember that game but it's kind of funny to watch so they were going to make three four five however many more of these movies and the next one was apparently meant to take place back in 17 was it 15 oh my god yeah. right 17 15 so yeah i do want to say to you guys i want to hear obviously how you felt about a film if you liked it or not uh what you would hope from part three but also would you be interested in that as a part three i'm gonna i'm gonna actually go first for once because i always let you guys go first um <laughs> And I feel that puts too much onto me as like, I get the final say. I don't think that's fair. I actually would be totally into a 1715 <laughs> Predator movie. As long as you set it in the right place. Because the problem there is, again, verticality. So you'd have to set it like in a civil war that's happening in in forests or something. Or like, I mean, presumably it was in America because it's an American pistol. I don't know really what's going on in 715. It's just before colonialization, wasn't it? Or just like... I think just before no, no i think the stuff. americans were already in the uh the the british europeans. and the europeans were already it was right in, in that americas. beginning time and in pocahontas time when's pocahontas let's look at that up katie's on it but again if yeah if you're in these little villages at that time then no it's not going to work out at all it would look stupid um but you can do something set in jungles again or well not even jungles but forests or set in you know yeah because my take from that was it would be cool like just the the establishing of oh they've been been on earth through the centuries fighting hunting different warriors or whatever so my feeling was was like yeah why not take it back into the jungle but have like an apocalypto meets yeah. predator style movie where it's like against mayan warriors you know what i'd like actually it might just be and i know this is before red dead 2 time but it might just be the red dead 2 opening talking to me but go to like the, yeah, like exploring America, the wars in America. I, guess, I don't know. Katie's looking up if anything happened in 1715. I but, mean, not uh, a lot. In, it's very basic. Setting it in like, when was Pocahontas? I don't, I don't know. But having it set in snowy mountains 
would be really cool. Like have snowy mountains in America with people exploring the new America have like, yeah, Europeans and then the Native Americans and then the predators like in between. There could be some cool stuff there for sure. Particularly- Pocahontas died in 1617. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's in post- Kent. So it's post time. So yeah, we're post the new world you're, era. You're in the era of like establishing- settlements and like yeah, the French trying to take stuff back and then the English trying to take stuff back and so America's basically trying to fend off look you'd need a, you'd need a big budget with like this movie had and you'd need a good really good director but you could make a fucking great movie set in post yeah new world time and yeah I'd love it because particularly if it's set up like in the snowy mountains or something sure. and the predator can't see people as well because all the body temperatures are cold it could also, it would, don't get me wrong, it would be terrible. Like, they would do it and it would be a Hellraiser bloodline or something. My, my issue with that would be that, like, the artillery of that time is not going to stand up to what the Predator has. But that's why I like it. But that's why I like it, because it would have to adjust to them again, you know? So it would be less that's of an action gunfighty film, which doesn't interest me very much. And it would be more like an entire film that's like the end of the first film. Would it be, be like in Hellraiser where Predator has a pet and he rides a pony? Please don't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'd like the like Mayan jungle thing. Yeah, that's where you'd true. Bow and bows and arrows, and yeah. it all be melee yeah, it's about traps with each other, hunting. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. It could be really cool, but it didn't do that. It took them a long time before they came back, and the next movie would eventually be Alien versus Predator, and we'll get to that next week. But guys, before we do. Let's hear how people feel about this movie. I said I was going to go first tonight, but you know what? I'm tired of talking. <laughs> <You did. now. laughs> and then you went, but you didn't actually go. <laughs> I know. I just want to talk about the net. I this is why we don't let you go first, Al. <laughs> I know. I get distracted by <laughs> by old stories. Dates and Pocahontas. Katie. What? How did I how feel did about feel this? About <laughs> what? What do you want from <laughs> well, me? Well, I'm trying to remember what you're... I was like, are we saying what we want next or what are we doing? No, you're saying how you feel about Predator 2 and then uh, sure, what, you, what you want from the next one. I felt this... It's hard because I don't I don't like any of these actors. Like I don't in general salute like any of these actors except for Bill Paxton. Like I'm not a Gary Busey fan. I'm not a Danny Glover fan. So it was just kind of I don't know. I had a really tough time getting through this, and for most of it, I kind of phased out because the firefight shots way too long for me. I was like, I got it. You guys are supposed to be cool but it's some of the stuff just went on way too long it was even more confusing of a storyline than the first one and i didn't like the blur effects of the predator in this one at all and it didn't i didn't warm to it until basically the very very end <laughs> so until the end credits roll basically no I, I loved the stuff on his ship i did not love the part where he was taken out by danny glover but I don't know. <laughs> I struggled you with this. You didn't love it. I did not love it. <laughs> so definitely less than the first one. Absolutely less than the first one. Is there any, because you're not, I mean, again, if people didn't live, for some reason, if people are jumping in on this one and not the first podcast, go back. But you were not as big a fan as me and Alex, who really kind of no. see the first one as a classic. These you are enjoyed all just elements so, of it. they're all just like dripping with testosterone and you know you you have to be this big brawny asshole of a guy 
in order or to... Or not. You have to be Danny Glover. No, but he <laughs> yeah, has to be. You know, he's always like just... They all look like gorillas just facing off against each other, like puffing their chests out and banging their hands on front and desks. And it's just... It's such a comic book. And when you told me it's kind of based on comic book stuff, I was like, that makes so much more sense in my brain because... <laughs> this is not real life <laughs> and i know that it's no, like right. obviously it's an alien it's not gonna be real life but these people are caricatures of who they're meant to be and it's <laughs> you killed alex it's ridiculous <laughs> no you're right there's just so much macho it's macho so macho from, this series it's so from, from everybody it's absolutely the, the kind of stuff that my dad would have been like this is this is who men are this is what we do like it's just so I don't know. It's so dated and it's singular. So is, there, is there a saving of, it for you though? Is there a way forward the way you? Because you you seem to like the predator. You seem to like the predator itself, but not the other characters. So is there a way to save this franchise for you? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very nervous. Like I love the Sigourney Weaver woman can be strong sort of thing because I think here I struggle because it's not surprising to me here like there's no there's no hook in that yes you have a cool villain but I don't really care about your fodder like I don't care about the people at all and the storylines are so dense and heavy and bulky and don't make a lot of sense that I I get lost even if I did care about my lead I don't know that I could have kept up I don't it was really weird it's just I think yeah, I think you struggle with the the, the you know these come from a play because a lot of criticisms you're giving are the same as we might give to a Friday the 13th film but that comes from a horror perspective whereas these are coming from 80s action perspectives yeah. and yeah. I think that's what you're struggling with yeah I struggle okay. in general with like 90s action movies 80s and 90s action movies I'm just they're not my thing we'll see how you so. fare next week with Alien vs Predator Alexander yeah I it's not as bad as I remembered <laughs> watching it again, which surprised me. I didn't think it was bad. So I'll start with the things that I liked or appreciated, I guess. And I really like the premise and the idea I think is really strong, you know, moving it into an urban setting and with the agents hunting down the predator as well, parallel to just sort of Danny Glover's character trying to figure out the case and Avengers sort of colleagues deaths I, I i like that setup but you know i feel like the agents to subplot would have worked so much better if arnie had been on board and that would have worked sort of connecting the two films as well i actually think in this film that they they're at least trying to attempt to tone down the macho muscle flexing elements of the first one which was so heavy about like these big over-the-top brawny guys and just so much about it, like showing off that. Um, and I feel like here they're trying to bring it down slightly. They're trying to introduce like a stronger female lead with the other police officer. But she just but, acts you know, like a that man. In itself. No, absolutely. But that's the thing is that it it's just very one dimensional and it doesn't lead anywhere. So, you know, it's it's. But I feel like there's these attempts to kind of maybe uh, make those adjustments compared to the first one. I like the ending in this just purely for the fact on how it tries to expand on the law, the predators. Although I think having other predators is also just hanging out on the ship is a little weird, but I like I like the setup of what it's trying to create of, of, 
of, of their culture and, and what they do. But then at the same time, it contradicts a lot of that law, you know, in that this predator doesn't feel like he's really hunting warriors. He's just in a conflict zone and just is killing anyone with a weapon. And for me, then that doesn't resonate because it doesn't make the predator threatening anyway, because it's it just feels all too easy for him. And like most sequels, this goes for bigger and bolder right away. But for me, and, you know, with other horror franchises, I've stuck up for the cartoony sequels and enjoyed them or is this like it just feels very cartoony which i don't think sits with what they're trying to do so i've got lots of notes on this danny glover who in general i like but like i said earlier in the thing he's coming off the back of lethal weapon where his famous line is i'm getting too old for this shit it's so hard for me to to detach that in this film and again like if i look at this and go okay well i'm they're trying to tone down the sort of machismo and bring in maybe more of a everyman relatable character. So for me, it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to match the predator with brute sort of force and strength like Arnie, then you need a character who at least has physical dexterity and the smarts to match the predator. But Danny Glover is like so heavy footed physically. This is like lumbering around that that becomes, doesn't become believable. And then his character doesn't even really outsmart the predator in the same way that arnie does he just goes in like all guns blazing and pretty much throughout this film just rides his luck he gets so lucky into the point where he kills him like he's not an elite trained warrior or he's not even smart enough to have really figured out how to to kill the predator i think it was just he's just luck he (laughs) He could fall down elevator shafts and not die yeah, and then the setting, the whole 97 thing just offered very little and served no real purpose for me. The Predator design, I thought all the new toys and gadgets were really cool. Yeah, the design of the mask was a little off for me just because of how ducky it looked in some shots. Didn't really care about the characters in this or have any sense of their relationships. Yeah, and the film was way too long. And there were points in this film where I just felt bored. You know, there were bits that I enjoyed or I enjoyed their kind of intentions, but for a good part of it, I just felt bored. Yeah. And I think the directing and you sort of mentioned this out for me, it was just sort of very bland, just going through the motions of a standard action film. And it sort of didn't offer any anything different or interesting or cinematic and, and felt like there was less sort of ingenuity and craft with with the direction and cinematography of this one. The score and the theme, obviously, Alan Silvestri did it again. So that that was great, but was far less impactful. So, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. But I think as has has happened every time I've seen this film, it pretty much it just fades from my memory pretty fast and doesn't really doesn't really hold. I agree with quite a lot of what you said. So my problem with this movie is it makes me worried, like... Yeah, well, you and me, Alex, are in the film industry, and this is the kind of movie that makes me worried to be in the film industry because everybody hates this movie. This is kind of quite legendary to be really hated. I'm very surprised it's so high on IMDb uh, with the score. And the thing is, is that when I watch, and I came back to it thinking, yeah, like you, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be really terrible. And there are moments that are really terrible. But yeah, like you said, like the, the casting is bizarre. Uh, absolutely mind-bogglingly bizarre. There are some bad effects in here, but there were some bad effects in the first one as well. 
there are some you know little elements here that make sense it's not really got a satisfying story arc to it at all Danny Glover's role is ridiculous Gary Busey's clearly been pushed back from being when it was meant to be Arnie there's so much bad here but a lot of the time that bad is so bad that it's actually kind of fun which is a very mm-hmm. difficult line to have and they're not doing that on purpose but when there's this much budget on screen and people are overacting that much it is kind of entertaining it gets boring because it is too long but the film isn't terrible it's not as bad as i remembered it's not like there's there's a competency to the technical aspects again like you're saying not much vision but i can see on paper available like, well, this scene we do yeah the blue with stuff floating this one's gonna be red this one's gonna do strobes in the tube there are a couple of shots so i was like oh i'm sure the director thought that was a really cool thing and fought for that but it doesn't come across really in the end product because all these elements are pretty much just stolen from other films. Like there's so much Robocop, there's so much Aliens, there's moments of even yeah, Hellraiser. Um, and it has nothing new to say. And obviously there's moments from Predator 1. And there's nothing new to say here at all. I, a lot of people hate the fact it's set in a city. I'm with you. I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think you could do that. They just didn't use, and particularly with this budget, they have no excuse. They just used it in stupid places. Um, I mean, they should have just, sorry to interrupt you, but they should have just made it, set it in New York, I feel. Well, they just couldn't afford to shoot there. That's why they ended up shooting in LA. Um, so they had to change right. it. It was, the original script was set in New York. And I, but I don't mind any of that stuff. It's like, it needed more time. It needs to be rewritten. You need to fix stuff like the Jamaican voodoo kangs. You need to fix some of this dialogue. You need better casting. Uh, honestly, just a bit more pre-production. I think this could have been a really fun movie. Uh, not as good as the first one. But the beat by beat, it's like, this is fine. So at the end of the day, I'm surprised to come out of it not hating it like I thought I would. I'm surprised coming out of it not sure if this will be the end, the bottom of the pile when we get to the wrap-up. They could be worse <laughs> than this coming. We'll see. Yeah, also, like, if you've got friends and you enjoyed any of the Predator films, I think you can watch this and laugh at it. Like, I do. I think you can watch this with some friends. Like, we all watch this on our own, and I think that's a difficult way to watch this <laughs> film. But if we had all sat down and watched this one together, I think it could have been you know quite a bit of fun <laughs> in its own way which is not what you want from that first film which again i get it katie you i get the things you're saying i'm not a fan of the 80s action stuff at all so that side really turns me off i do like alex says i think that it is played down less here this is more lethal weapon than it is commando yeah but those aren't my speed either so they're not mine either but i would rather watch a lethal weapon film over a commando film i would yeah. um but the first one just does everything better so i can get over that hump you know it would have been so much better i was thinking as you were just talking if they would have taken more of like a seven detective approach and then not shown the pov of the predator until like have someone trying to figure out who's taking out the gangs and not Mm -hmm. have it be such a like a body reflex over mind reflex sort of character the way that Danny Glover is. Like if you I would have had a those. smarter person who's trying to outwit him, like I think no, you, oh, no, Alex I agree. touched on as well. No, I agree. You need someone who's got some aptitude in him. But I do think it's the problem we're talking about. My sequels is as an, I agree with you, but then as an audience, we know it's the Predator. And you always want to be on the ride with your characters. You don't want, so it's always a problem with these sequels because then it's how quickly do you get into that stuff? I did hear on the, um, I think it was Stuart on the Now Playing podcast for this. He said he would have liked to have seen this film as the Predator's point of view. So like the opposite of what you're saying, basically. Where you just follow the Predator as it does all of the stuff it's doing in this to get a completely different perspective. But it is it's really difficult where you go with that stuff. And I do think it's telling that we're not going to see it again until quite a, quite a while later with Alien versus Predator 
Which just makes more sense in terms of, sure, we all know what we're getting into. We can mm-hmm. you know, see how quickly they start showing the action in that film and how much they tease it. We'll get to that next week. I'm kind of excited about it. I don't think I've ever seen it. So, I, I mean, it's, it's Paul W. Anderson. It's not, well, not, 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 Paul, not P.T. Anderson. I this understand the difference. Evil, Thank you. <laughs> Resident Evil Mortal Kombat Event Horizon. I would, I would love Anderson. to see a P.T. Anderson alien versus Predator. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, uh, I've historically not dialogue. had fun with this next movie. I know Alex actually went back to it recently, so you're going to be probably the most well-versed. But we'll deal with that next week. Until then, please, again, head out to weirdgeeks.com. Hit us up on all the social medias through there. Go and listen to all of our old retrospectives. There's like 11 seasons or something of that stuff, including some non-horror ones like Danny Boyle and... What's that? Star Wars. We do Star Wars. We're on a big sabbatical from Star Wars. Until next Christmas, man. It's crazy. Yep. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, but it's so weird not having a Star Wars film this Christmas. It's like, come on, just yeah. release Solo at Christmas. That's what you should do. Them. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. And you, and we do some topical stuff as well. If you if you are on your iTunes or on your podcast provider, please do type in We Geeks. Please do subscribe and rate us. It takes you 30 seconds and it makes all the difference to us. Helps promote us. And you can email us either through the website weirdgeeks.com or just by typing in mail at weirdgeeks.com or fuck you at weirdgeeks.com if you don't like mm-hmm. what we're doing. You can get in contact. Let us know things you'd like us to cover. Uh, let us know your opinions and stuff. And you can follow us on personal stuff on social medias. I'm Mr. Al White on everything, uh, including the Xbox, if you want to play some some videos, games, do some Fallout 76. What about you, Alex? I'm at Alexander Chard on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm my dearest Watson on Instagram, where you can watch me like millions of other people taking photos of food delicious food i need some food Speaking at least food, i made it <laughs> i'm hungry thank you guys for joining me i appreciate it i'm looking forward to talking to you both next week when we deal with alien versus predator we're out boop, boop, boop. geeks 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs>